The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. ProResuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProResu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise, and now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProResuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProResu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProResu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear. ProResuShop.com that's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U shop.com. ProResuShop.com. I'm Rich Graves, alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing excellent. We have a uh, excellent. Uh, well, you know, that's just shit people say. But uh, I was gonna say, are you actually feeling excellent? Don't say it. That's a lofty. Uh, actually, no, no. To be honest, Rich, I'm not feeling excellent. I was gonna say, I don't think you're feeling excellent. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe my uh, my current feeling as excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably feeling very average at the moment. There we go. Okay, that's better. I want you enough of this optimism. I want you to. Yeah, we have to temper uh, this optimism around here. We we have no format for this show, by the way. We have no, we have no idea. This is a uh, we, and uh, yeah, we got a lot of questions though. I think a lot of the listener questions are really good. I'm, I'm actually excited to get into those. So we got a bunch of crap to get through first, like news and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm excited to get to those listener questions. They're pretty. Uh, yeah, some of them are interesting. Good. I already have some uh, some strong thoughts on some of them. That, that yeah, the yeah. listeners really came through this time. They did, yeah. Usually we get kind of, I mean, they're, they're, they're good, but usually they're, you know, they always do a decent job, but this time they really came there. So no, they really, yeah. Some stuff that I, I can, you know, 
rant and rave about and stuff. So yeah, just... so we'll do that at the at the bottom of the show. We have some other stuff to talk about here. We have the Destruction shows, the New Japan Destruction shows. Uh, we watched a little bit of the most recent Dragon Gate. We're going to preview Night of Champions. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of NXT TakeOver as well. Uh, we have some news regarding Ricochet and Ua Nation and a bunch of other good stuff like that. Uh, before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the site, though, um, oh, God. <laughs> I've got a dog fight breaking out over here. Did someone find a crumb and now they're uh, fighting over yeah, it? Yeah, they're, uh, they're all right. I got them separated here. <laughs> okay, oh, we're good. All right. I just want to make sure. If we had to stop, you so know. So professional okay. around here. Dog fights breaking out. I gotta, I'm, Mine's asleep. I'm in Michael wear Vick's living room, apparently. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> it's never too soon. Too soon for, oh, for, too soon. for another NFL I got joke. some Adrian um, Peterson jokes for you later, too. Yeah, we got some breaking Adrian Peterson yeah. news. So he actually beat cool. another kid. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he, He's now yeah. being charged with uh, beating his four-year-old kid. So mm-hmm. he's a real class act, this Peterson. And good guy. Well, good thing uh, they uh, held him out of practice and he's not going to play Sunday. So. No, he's playing this oh, Sunday. Wait. Yeah. Oh, so, wait, because he's good at he's good at football. So, you know, it doesn't one, one game was enough. You know, they made their, their <laughs> he learned his lesson. They, they made their token stance against things. And uh, they're going to make sure he's back in the football field this Sunday. You know, he, he, my he, favorite. Uh, have you been following is, A lot of them has been in the wrestling community, too. Of people being like, well, I got beaten as a kid and I'm OK. It's like, oh, well, that that makes it OK. Then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, and you also probably weren't beaten to like a bloody pulp when you were four years this old. Kid, but, this kid's a weapon. But this kid's scrotum was injured. Right. Okay. Let's. If your parents, if, if your parents, <laughs> let's put this into context. If your parents people. were beating you when you were a kid to the point where you had an injured scrotum, a week later that had to go to a doctor. And... Your parents were pieces of shit too. Right. <laughs> and you probably didn't turn out well. That's fine that you got beat if you were a kid. That, that's okay. <laughs> but if you if you if you had a bloody scrotum and the police had to get involved, you, your parents sucked too. So you right. know, I yeah, those, it 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 drives you nuts. It really does. But uh, you know, it's uh. What are you going to do? He's, uh... Well, this is a horrible opening because I was about to talk about our new sponsor. Which show, by the way, how excited are you for that? Horrible lead-in. Speaking, speaking of bloody scrotums, we have a sponsor. I'm sorry, Yatsume. <clears throat> you got a clean commercial at the beginning, so that's, that's, I mean, that's all you can ask for, right? Yeah, well, you know. Well, no anyway, one wants yeah, to be we'll... let in by a bloody scrotum. No, no, no. So I, 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 we'll just kind of like, we'll take a quick break here and then <laughs> I'll just show. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a uh, new sponsor. You've probably seen it on the website. We have some ads. You heard it at the top of the show here, but definitely one that we're really excited about because it's a great store, a great resource. It's uh, parisoshop.com. That's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U shop.com in case you don't know how to spell it. And I'm sure if you spell it wrong, Google will send you the right way. But yeah, that's Yutsume. Um, his, he has a uh, New Japan merchandise store has, you know, just shirts, DVDs, plush bears, towels. I mean, literally anything that New Japan does. It's all authentic, and it can ship worldwide. Uh, shipping starts as low as six ninety nine. I was able to order an, uh, an Okada shirt uh, last week for, yeah, I think the shipping was like seven ninety nine or something like that, which is ridiculous when you compare what it would actually be or what you know it used to be and all that stuff. So it's really a great resource. We have, uh, you'll obviously see a banner on the side of the website. You heard the, the, you know, the, the commercial at the top of the show and everything. But yeah, definitely check the website out. It's awesome. It's not one that we're just sort of getting paid for and, and you know, shilling. It's, it's one that I've actually ordered from and, and planning on ordering from a lot more. Are you going to get uh, an Okada beach towel or what? I don't know about the beach towel. Um, does he offer the Okada Two Awesome Dropkick T-shirt. That's the one I got. Yes, oh, well, that's there, the shirt I have. That is on my way. It's it is in in, in a few weeks. I will get that because there's two. There's like there, there's the Two Awesome Dropkick one, which I thought was too good because of the, the you know the horrible <laughs> translation. And then there's there's a really awesome Rainmaker one, but it's like forty two dollars. I don't know if you saw that one. He's like he, it's like him in like a big crown, and there's just like money coming. It looks awesome, but it's like forty two bucks. And I can't, yeah, I gotta I can't tell you, I can't spend forty two dollars on a wrestling T-shirt that I'm gonna be ashamed to wear in public. I can't do it. 
Oh, I'm not ashamed of wearing I, this. See, um, I, I'm, a, I'm one of these guys who's ashamed to wear wrestling. See, I, well, I can't wear that stuff in public. I'm a laundry day only guy if I were to ever purchase. <laughs> I've only made one uh, wrestling T-shirt purchase in my entire life, as a matter of fact. Do you want to try to guess the only wrestling uh, T-shirt purchase I've ever made in my entire life? Can you give it? Can we get a sort of a, a time frame? Will that make? Will that give it away immediately? Uh, I'll give you. Like I'm basically, are you? Were, are you young? I was or young. Yeah, I wasn't a. Well, okay. I, I wasn't. I wasn't a minor, but I was young. Uh, it's an ECW shirt for sure. It was an ECW shirt. I marched right Who? up to that merch. Sebu. Oh, it's the homicidal suicidal no, Sebu it shirt. Was, it was. It was a company shirt. It was the ECW, the classic. Uh, oh, ECF and W. Uh, not the ECF and W, but you know, an, an ECW uh, company T-shirt. I marched right up to that merch table as a uh, silly nineteen-year-old and made that purchase. Oh, was it just the, the white and, one uh, with the barbed wire? It was the font? black one with the barbed wire, the ECW T-shirt. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then the uh, white ECW font. Okay. Yeah. And then yep. I, I I proudly wore it for about three weeks until I realized I was wearing a wrestling <laughs> shirt and then that was the end of that. I did wear it to uh I did wear it to one WWF house show at the Meadowlands because you know that was cool and rebellious. Oh yeah, yeah your, you had to go. Yeah. You had to wear your ECW shirt to the WWF house show to show that you liked cool wrestling, Rich. You had mm-hmm. to do that. No, absolutely. That, I get it. Yeah, that so I had to do that. And we all you know, That's why I'm going to get the Okada shirt so I can I can look down on other people for not watching. That's right. You when know. you go to your wrestling shows now, you mm-hmm. wear your two awesome dropkick shirt and you show everybody and then, yeah. I stay up until 4 in the morning uh watching And then Japanese I find the people with the the, uh, the Bullet Club shirts and I quiz them on every member of the Bullet Club. Yes, because uh you know, they, tell me about Tamatonga. They, exactly, Rich, because <laughs> do you even know who that is? They have no idea. They're not they're not nearly as tuned in as you are with uh New Japan. They're a bunch of uh they're a bunch of posers as they call they're them posers. on the streets, yeah, right? Yeah. That's, that's uh-huh. what the kids that's, call them. That's, that's what kids call it, yeah. yeah. That's what the, they're a bunch of posers, Rich, with their bootleg Bullet Club shirts that they got from uh sources that we're not going to talk about because they're not sponsors. So we're not right. going to plug these other clowns, but uh, they're getting these bootleg shirts from these fakes, from these charlatans, Rich. But if you want the real deal, you got to go to Pearl Yotsume's site. How's that for the world's longest plug? Resoshop.com. Yeah, stop buying Tamatonga shirts. Buy the real deal. Yes. <laughs> That's good. There you go. Yotsuma, you yeah, go. you know, people don't know what you're talking about, but he was selling bootlegs. <laughs> right. Oh, he is literally the one that was selling bootlegs. <laughs> Which is just a great story, but all right, let's tell we have get no on. format because we're stretching out this Yotsume commercial no for as long as we can go here. Yeah, he just got a half an hour commercial, and now he owes us, you know, another two hundred dollars for <laughs> for going this. I think then again, we started it with bloody scrotum, so he doesn't have to. Well, actually, I'll pay him twenty bucks just for that. Just, um, anyway, let's. This show took thirty seconds to go, to go completely off the rails. This is a terrible show. Yeah. We should just stop right now. But let, let's get into this. We got a bunch of news to talk about. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to talk about Ricochet? We can talk about why Gabe Sapolsky hates us now again. Yeah, he hates us again. a lot lately. Uh, it's an on and off thing. It's a love hate relationship. I listen. I I don't know. I think it's, he, I like him. I'm nothing <laughs> I don't against know the guy. Um, we 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 seem to be getting under his skin a lot though. But uh, I mean, there. Look, here's the bottom line. And there's an article on the website too, if you haven't read it already. There's an article the, the on the website. And here's here's the thing. There there were a lot of rumors going around about Ricochet. Uh, going into this Evolve weekend. By the way, I didn't see either show. Both were very well received. So it sounds like yeah, my, my plan is to watch them this week. Uh, but I, yeah, I have not watched them either. Sounds like they were great shows. People are raving about them. But um, yeah, there are a lot of rumors, about, you know, circling around Ricochet, and that's no big secret. 
and uh, we had tweeted out that we had heard some things from some people and that we were going to talk about it after the show because some of the things we heard, you know, contained spoilers and whatnot, and we didn't want to do that to people. So, um, you know, we just we decided we'd talk about it later. So after the show, I, you know, wrote up a little article, changed some things based on some things that changed because, you know, these things always change, and there's a lot of moving parts here, and uh, – I guess Gabe saw it this morning and uh, he basically said that, you know, the article was 90%, you know, full of shit. And, um, and that you got 10% right. though. We were going to look bad. So, Hey, look, man, I'll take 10%. (laughs) I wonder what's the 10%. Uh, But, but, uh, could be anything, but here's the thing that, you know, I responded back to him. I said, well, look, I didn't present anything. I only presented 10% of it as fact. The other 90% of it was presented as, Rumors and speculation, which yeah, could soon be. Right. That was, I mean, the, the lead says, you know, multiple sources that Ricochet, who recently signed a contract, Lucha Underground, could soon be finishing up with Dragon Gate USA Evolve. Not is. Not is. Not could will be. be. There's a lot of words in there like could and may and things yeah. like that because there's – it's it, Does smoke equal fire? Question mark. I mean, there's a million question marks. It's, I mean, yeah. It, here's the thing. Even, you know, Ricochet, after the match, cut a promo himself addressing rumors. Mm-hmm. Saying there's been a lot of rumors going around, so we we're not starting rumors. We're telling people. People were confused. People want to know. We're telling people what those rumors were. I'm not verifying any of that. I just put the rumors out. We put the rumors out there. The rumors and it's just around. stuff we've heard. We don't. We don't. Here's know. the stuff we heard. Yeah. From people we trust. Some of it may uh, well double sourced as well. A double, double, which is important. Yeah, you know, I didn't really put anything in there that we couldn't, you know, at least double confirm. Okay, and these are just the rumors that were going around. Um, now, if you want to say, if you're going to get mad at us for putting those rumors out there, well, why is your wrestler addressing them on the show? I mean, then if you want people to ignore rumors, maybe your main event headliner shouldn't be cutting a promo saying that there's rumors going around because then people are going to want to know what they are. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, if he wins and walks to the back and they go, thank you for coming, then I, then we look like complete morons. But, but I, I, I mean, you know, people want to know because the wrestler himself brought it up. Mm-hmm. And we brought it up six hours before he did. So there was obviously something to it. There's, these things have obviously been going around. We're not, you know, breaking amazing ground here. There were obviously things going around. So we just told people the things that we heard that were going around over the last couple of weeks. And – some of it came from other – I mean, you know, I cited the Observer stuff that was in there. It mm-hmm. came from the Observer. I think it was very fair. I didn't present anything as fact that wasn't. There were a few things in there that are fact that I did present as fact. And the rest of it is clear speculation. If you're reading it and being fair about it, the rest of it is speculation and rumors exactly. I mean the title of the article is, is uh, what in the world is going on with Ricochet? Right, yeah, not, not here's what's confirmed going on. ricochet leaving you know hey, there's a lot of stuff going on and th- those are the rumors that are going on so I, I don't even know that he was mad necessarily he went out of his way to say that he wasn't mad he was just uh, saying uh, just correcting it just letting us here's know a heads that up. we're going to be wrong everything yeah. in there is wrong uh, well 90% of it is alright well it may have a, I'm sure a lot of it will end up being wrong because right now yeah. there's a lot of rumors and speculation going on that's all but I know a lot of that in there is right I know a lot of it's in there is right. Uh, do you want to kind of cover real quick for people who haven't seen that or maybe just listen to us uh, what the rumors were? Well, I mean, uh, okay, Ricochet. so Ricochet signed with Lucha Underground. Okay, yes. we know that. And that's, we know that. And he, yeah, he I mean, worked that's... taping. And um, 
the thing there is that would preclude him from working on television or i pay-per-view for other groups in in you know north america presumably yeah. so the observer had a report that evolve cut a deal with those guys so that he can work in both groups now we had a source tell us that it came straight from ricochet's mouth that he said he'd be leaving wwn live soon because he had a two you know big money offers on the table and it, it would conflict now i even put this in the article to be fair i'm not positive of the timeline when the source heard him say that and when he signed the deal with lucha underground so in other words from when our source heard that statement he could have signed with lucha underground after that which i presume he did because he said he had two offers on the table he hadn't taken the lucha underground offer yet obviously and then the deal with Evolve could have been cut after that too. And I even noted sure. that in the article. I don't know if you're looking at the article. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Where, yeah. Read it. Read it for everybody. Where I where I even say. I, I put the statement from the source, and then the, the very next paragraph goes on to say. Yeah, he said okay. So one source uh, told us from his mouth he's saying that he's finished up with WWN Live as soon as possible. Uh, he had a couple major offers on the table, and schedules will conflict. Uh, one of these offers was presumably the Lucha Underground offer. It is entirely possible that the reported deal between Evolve and Lucha Underground to keep him in both places was cut after that point. It's also possible that the reported deal is just a smokescreen. So there screen. you go. So I covered every base there. I even Correct. say Evolve. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Right. That Evolve could have cut a deal with Lucha Underground after. Ricochet was telling people these things. So I, that's entirely possible. And I even put that in there. So I don't know. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think the article was unfair. If people disagree, it's fine. I mean, I'll, I'll be, but I'll be completely honest. And Rich, you can correct me. I've been checking the Twitter feed all day. We had one person uh, complained about the article for being bullshit. And that was Gabe. Mm-hmm. That was Gabe. Right. That's it. He's the only person. Everyone else just said, oh, yeah, right, good stuff. Nice information. You know, nothing groundbreaking, but all right. Decent little. Yeah, we had nobody else says, oh, you're making up facts. No, or the only person said that. Lives, or, you know, yeah, we've had nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and, and he would know. So if 90% of it turns out to be false, like he, he said, 90% will turn out to be false. Okay. Well, that's fine. But we're telling people what Ricochet was talking about at the end of the show mm-hmm. from things that we heard. So. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's all. And and I think it was written in a very fair manner. If you haven't read it, check it out. And if you think I'm full of shit, get on Twitter and tell me or send me an email and tell me that you think I'm full of shit. <laughs> that's fine. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be so. the first time. And I'm fine with that. I, you know, I thought the article was fair, though. And I thought I presented all sides and, and clearly presented things that were in the rumor stage as the, as such. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to another thing, uh, there's two more little parts. We, we've been you know, obviously focusing on Ricochet in this article, but you also touch on the potential end of Dragon Gate USA. Okay, now, that's something – that was purely my speculation. Yeah. That didn't come from any of the people that we talked to. But I also presume that's probably the 10% that's – Yeah, well, I mean – He's not going to run away from because – Well, here's but, – But go ahead, yeah. The only reason I'm speculating on that is because we heard that there's a potential title for title match in the works. Again, not set in stone, but we heard that there's a potential title unification in the works. Now, if you're going to do that, why do you need two brands? So that's the reason I went down that road, plus all the other – you know, there's, they haven't had a – There's obvious stuff. Yeah, I mean, they obvious. haven't had a show since WrestleMania weekend, Dragon Gate USA. There have only been four all year, where just two years ago there was 19. Um, it's all been evolved, and a lot of that has to do with the visa issues or the issues of getting the guys over here. 
who, by the way, I also put in the article, one of our sources said that that's cleared up and will be cleared up for next year. And I think Gabe has even said that in the past, in, 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 in other outlets as well. So I don't know. I But the, the Dragon Gate USA stuff, that's just purely Joe Lanza speculation. It just seems to me that if you're going to unify the titles and you're having all this trouble getting Dragon Gate talent to come here, I mean, why not just call it Evolve at this point? Why, why play this and game? I think, and one thing that's been interesting as well, because I know um, we've had this discussion for a while. I mean, it's been years now where, or at least, a, you know, a full year now where, where DGUSA has looked like it's just kind of been, you know, on its last legs or whatever. And Evolve, to a point, too, wasn't a strong brand. But I, I feel like every new Evolve show and every time you're hearing good stuff about it, I feel like it's becoming a stronger brand to where if you wanted to do that and finally say, look, there's no reason for us to have a Dragon Gate USA and an Evolve you can bring those Japanese talents in on an Evolver. So you know what I mean? There, there's, I feel if there's if there's a necessity to have it be called Dragon at USA because those guys come in, whatever. But I think that Evolve is strong enough now that it can be its own brand without yeah, I mean, well, sort of being the second, the stepchild to, to, to Dragon at USA, which is, it has been for a while, obviously. When, when Shima and Tozawa come over, why do you just have, why do you have to call it Dragon USA at that point? Why yeah, I agree. I don't know if there's a legality all? reason for why they have to or, call it. Or I don't maybe know why the Dragon Gate side wants it that way. That's possible. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, but, because they want their brand, you know, Dragon Gate UK, Dragon Gate Maybe they just want their, you know, brand everywhere. I mean, that's possible too. But it just, I don't know. The way that things have gone this year, it's been a complete disaster for that, you know, portion of WWN Live for that brand. And if they do, in fact, you know, have the unification match. I don't really see a point in having two the two different brands at that point. I, I don't know. You have one tag team title. You could easily change the name or even keep the name. Who cares? And just that's your tag title. You're going to have one singles champion. And away you go. Who knows? Uh, and then the last part about Ua Nation. What is going on with him? Well, that was nothing big at all. That was just, um, you know, that he's going to be away from Dragon Gate Japan for a while. And not like they're going to stop using him or anything, but you know, that was just a minor thing towards the end. Same thing with the, you know, the moose bit, you know, oh, right. Yeah. Moose as well. He's finishing up his bookings, you know, cause he signed a ring of honor. I mean, that's verified fact. I mean, so maybe that's the 10%. Who knows? But, uh, you know, those were just little, you know, snippets, you know, that I, that I attacked on at the end. That's all. It, yep. not, you know, not a big deal, but, um, I don't know. He, he gets annoyed with us. I, I don't know. A lot of people get <laughs> It's all in. It's okay. I, I feel like he gets over it pretty quick. Yeah, he does. I mean, we're all know, adults. He, so. You know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I get, I guess in the heat of the moment, you read something like that and you're reading it as fact or whatever. Now, here's the other thing, too. About 20 minutes later, after I got browbeated by him, he actually favorited. My response explaining that mm-hmm. most of it was just, you know, speculation and, you know, relax, take it easy. So maybe he came out of his tree and reread it and read it as such, and then that was his, you know, extending the olive branch. Mm-hmm. Or it was a passive aggressive failure. Yeah, yeah that's, I, you never I, know. Either, I, who cares? <laughs> you know, we're just discussing there. how you tweet and, yeah, and what you use. Nobody cares. Literally, no one <laughs> yeah. cares. So, you know, if, if you want to go read the article, though, and see what Definitely all the fuss is about, you know, it's up there. And, you know, it's it's you. You tell me if I'm trying to mislead people. I really don't think I'm trying to mislead people. I'm just telling people what we are. Ver- double verified, by the way. 
Well, speaking of uh, an article that came out this week that might have uh, definitely uh, <laughs> was trying to mislead people or just not doing it intentionally or what, what the hell went on, but uh, there was the rumor of Warner Brothers that was looking to, uh, or in talks rather, to acquire WWE's library. And everybody kind of went insane because the rap.com or whatever went nuts and said, you know, oh, you know, this this was their article they posted and they mentioned that, the, you know, stuff about the WWE Network and how it hadn't been, you know, been doing well or whatever. We had checked, you know, people checked and, and eventually the rap actually updated the article. That looks like, if you haven't heard that, that looks like they're just basically going to distribute DVDs and home video. So you could pretty much kind of not worry about that. WWE Network's not going anywhere. Warner Brothers, WWE's not selling the tape library to Warner Brothers or anything like that. Uh, just Warner Brothers would be distributing their DVDs and whatnot instead right. of this other company that was doing it that I never even heard of. Uh, so yeah, and then the, <laughs> did you see the uh, Chris Arrington thing uh, where it's uh, Synergy, uh, Synergy or whatever the hell their name is? Uh, they had a, like an investor call and they just basically spent an entire like minute of that just ripping WWE to shreds and how they don't make any money off completely that buried they said at yeah basically, uh, nobody buys a shit anymore it's stupid yeah. at best they said they break even on it so actually right, they, so. what they said was um and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not reading it they actually what they said was worse than that what they said was by eliminating this portion of their business they're actually gaining money by right. by it's actually uh, the way they phrased it was um a gain via a loss, I believe, is what they said. So it was a complete, yeah, trying to, uh, complete burial. Uh, but, 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 through that process, for instance, WWE will leave us to the end of the year as they did not accept a renewal proposal that allowed us to earn an acceptable return. This was an easy decision for us as WWE had underperformed expectations and is at best now a lower volume break-even customer. This will be addition by subtraction. Addition by subtraction. <laughs> so they buried WWE. So Warner Brothers is, is, is who they're negotiating with to... Uh, take over that that's all that is so in case anybody yeah, missed that and was still wondering what that was uh there you go yeah and we, we initially tweeted stuff out too because what got me is dave tweeted that out or at least somebody from the observer tweeted out and went oh is there some actual smoke to this fire and then you know pretty quickly everybody sort of found out that they just had no idea what they were talking about it and it made sense it made it, it did not make much sense that WWE would sell their tape library to you know a third party no, but you know, especially you know, now i mean it, yeah i mean yeah this of all times that it would be kind of strange that the only thing it had people so. thinking was that they were maybe throwing in the towel on the old footage being that nobody ended up buying the network sure. for the old footage. But that even that was absurd. I mean, there's a ton of value in that. And just... Or I had uh, my, my one of my thoughts is maybe that they're setting, you know, they're going to uh, outsource some of the production of uh, stuff. You know, they, maybe Warner Brothers would have an internal production team that would go through this stuff. And and you, just because they've been so slow at WWE about getting new stuff up there and, and uploading stuff. And, and it's not even the original content because I know that they would probably still want that. But they've been so slow about getting new shows up there. And people are, you know, the Mid-South and all this sort of stuff is just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And it's not being put up at any – and, like, even the Nitros and old Raws and stuff like that, the Raw ends at, at 95 now. And you get the, I mean, the, the binge watching people. There, there's nothing for them right if you've now. So binge, was, yeah, that's true. If you've been, if you've been binge watching anything, you're you're caught up. Right. You have ECW. You have World Class. Those take you. I mean, if you're gonna binge watch the, okay, look, if you like, if you binge watch on Netflix, a standard season of a television show has 22 episodes, right? And a mm -hmm. lot of people can get through 22 episodes in you know a couple of days when they binge watch on Netflix. That's essentially what you have with ECW and World Class. You have about what about 25 episodes each. Episode. Yeah, around there. Yeah. So you've watched the season, and now I mean, you're kind it of... took you a week and a half, two weeks to to watch it all. Same thing with the Raws. Now you're saying so. Um, yeah, I'm, all, I'm almost all caught up on the Raws, and and I'm now going through the Nitros, but I'm gonna be on with that not too long. I mean, you still no, have the so. pay per views, but it's it's really hard to binge watch things that are three hours long. 
Yeah, that, that's a that I different. Can... Yeah, those are a different animal. I think the pay-per-views are more the sort of thing where you say to yourself, I'm going to watch a show that I remember liking a lot. You know, and I'm going to go back and watch this to kill three hours or I can't sleep or, or um, you know, you're doing some kind of research or something and you want to go back and watch an old match or an old show. That's where the pay-per-views come in. I don't think anyone's really binge watching pay-per-view. That's impossible. The whole idea of a binge watch, you can get through it quickly and yeah. bounce from I episode mean, to episode. And, uh, sure. The, the only thing I'm sort of doing and, and even then that's stretched out over weeks is like, you know, when in the fall, I'm going back and watching fall brawls or, you know, in, in anticipation of SummerSlam, me and my buddies just watched all of summer, you know, right, every right. single SummerSlam or I mean, stuff like that, but that's still, I mean, those are taking months at a time. Whereas this, you know, the world-class and ECW stuff I was done within a week. Right. I mean, I'd have a Thursday where I was home and I'd get home and I'd turn it on and, you know, I'd, Blow through six or seven episodes in, in, I, in a single that, sitting. That's, that's, I mean, that, that's yeah. You're blowing through. Yeah. They're forty five minutes long, and you're just blowing through them. But you're kind of done. I mean, you're really honestly, you're you're done. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's countdown stuff, and there's stuff that was on twenty four seven, and there's stuff that was. But I mean, pretty much of original stuff that we haven't really seen before. It, it ECW, WCCW. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, you know what I'm watching now? Total Divas. Oh Lord! I, there's nothing left. Season one? Are you watching? Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know. And they, they, well, I'm still working my way through '89 WCW. You know, I've been doing that. I've started. Yeah, I started doing that as That's well. That's a good example. Watch, yeah. It's I watched a, the Great American Bash, which is a lot of fun. Now I'm uh, right. I recommended which, that. You watch that? Yep. Sting, yeah, I did. I watched uh, almost with the bullshit finish, but it done the right way. It was it was Dusty Rhodes booking through and through. It was but lots see, of good I stuff. Thought and, the, I thought the Sting Muda finish worked because it really made me want to see them wrestle again. No, I agree. It's all. It's just it, that, that's the dusty thing, you know. In in, and I get where, where the, the criticism of Dusty Rhodes, where if he's booking for a long time and he does so many of those that you never get the payoffs, you know. In this, yeah, I was I was totally with you because I said, cool, I'll watch the next month or whatever. I'll do this. I get why in real time that Dusty Rhodes stuff is is, is frustrating, but for me, it, it was okay. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. A big deal. That, that whole card was good. That that bash, but but yeah, that, it's like you you can't. Like if you give yourself a little project like I'm going to watch all the fall brawls or I'm going to watch 1989 WCW, mm-hmm. you can't binge watch something like that. That's the kind of thing where every now and then you go back to it when you've got a couple hours to kill. So it, you're exactly – Back in my old days when I had like full weekends with no responsibilities or anything to do then sure. or a full summer off, then yeah, maybe I could have done that. But yeah, now in, in today's – in my current climate of working and doing other stuff, there's you know there's no chance of doing that. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh. it's you can't binge watch something when they're when they're three hours long. Exactly. Yeah. I got another Michael um, Vick dog fight break. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's going on over there? No idea. I'll, I'll take bets on the uh, who's. Well, it's a Chihuahua and a ter- uh, Boston Terrier, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's the better fighter? I bet the Chihuahuas probably. Well, you know, the Chihuahuas are are fearless, but yeah. they, they they think they're tough, but they're not. I mean, the Boston Terrier knows that she can tear her apart limb from limb. She just chooses okay. not to because you know. She knows, that. so she's just you know she'll fuck with her and pin her down until I come and break it up. <laughs> and then you she, bet on it. She'll pin her down you and, and turn friends. around and look at me like, all right, can you come break this up? Because I'm, yeah, all right, I'm over. I don't want to have to kill this animal right now. So, all right, let's move on to a few other things here. Um, I want to talk. Let's let's do CMLL. We haven't we don't often talk about uh, lucha, but there's actually a big event coming up, uh, the 81st anniversary of Pro Wrestling Mexico and the uh, 19th at Arena Mexico. Uh, it's actually available uh, online. This is what a lot of people, if you ever follow around on on Twitter on you know Friday nights or whatever, you'll see these dudes just tweeting nonstop, the Rob Vipers of the world. But uh, Terra.com slash MX to watch it live for free, right? 
yeah, supposedly it's going to yeah. be available, so we'll see. It's always sketchy when this stuff is coming out of Mexico. You never know. Uh, we saw what happened with Triple Mania the last two – well, two years ago, we, everyone just got a black screen. And this year, you know, the, the show quality was awful live, you know, the same night as uh, SummerSlam or whatnot. And some of these Terra shows don't come in uh, as, as well as you would like. But the, the CMLL stuff on Terra usually is way more reliable than any of the AAA stuff. So hopefully it will work out. Absolutely. Uh, the main, obviously, the, the we talked about this in our Hall of Fame podcast with Bix, but obviously the big sh- uh, match here is the Atlantis versus Ultimo Guerrero mask versus mask match. But there's some other good stuff on here, too, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff here. But, I mean, obviously, that's the most interesting match because, like we talked about on the Hall of Fame podcast with Bix, this is perfect timing for Ultimo Guerrero because uh, he's on the Hall of Fame ballot here. And if they draw a significant house, it comes just at the right time for him uh, because that's another big feather in his cap. Especially if they go out and have a very memorable or classic match on top of that as well. Because this show is on the 19th. Yes. Yep. So it's going to, you know, we'll know everything about this show. Uh, people will have time to see it. We'll know it, uh, everything about it from a business perspective well before the Hall of Fame ballots are due. So this is uh, good timing for him. And as we as we noted, when Atlant- Atlantis is in now, but uh, previously when he was on the ballot, and he had a big, he had that big, uh, the the anniversary show last year. His percentage yes, jumped yep. tremendously uh, because of the big business the anniversary show did. So we expect the same thing to happen for Ultimo Guerrero here if the show does well. So that's a huge match. That that's two huge stars putting their mask on the line. And unlike last year, where it was sort of like a mini tournament kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And they kind of booked their way out of it. And uh, and people assumed this was the match they were going to get, and they didn't. They got um, I, I I don't recall who the two guys were, but. I, that was the one where the crowd just shit on the main event because they, they, were, they upset were so because upset. This, yeah. this was the match they wanted. Yeah. Uh, Volador Jr. ended up uh, unmasked. Right. I, uh, so I'm blanking on who he faced, but uh, so am I. But um, the the producer can look that up while I'm talking. Yeah. I don't know, but um, yeah, because everyone said he looked like <laughs> in the, everyone said he looked like Brian Alvarez. You know, I'm noticing a trend in the wrestling world. Anytime a Hispanic man gets unmasked, everyone says they look like everyone says he looks like Brian <laughs> Just a Alvarez. Skinny, geeky. I mean, why? Why? What? You know, Brian Alvarez does not look like Lasombra. That was Lasombra. Yeah, Lasombra versus uh, Valador Jr. But it, you know, Brian Alvarez does not resemble. Every <laughs> really Latino does. male in wrestling. I think you just because your opinions come from the board. <laughs> we need to get away it's from this. No, I told you. I was watching that. Um, I was watching a, a match. I was watching. Um, who was it? It was Darren Corbin and Ryan Cruz, and they were wrestling against Zero Gravity. Your boy Zero Gravity. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You pointed me. I actually reviewed this match in my last Lanza Reviews Ten Random Matches. Okay, this was a indie match in Minnesota, and I have no idea who the commentators were. But Zero Gravity now wears masks, okay? Right. They never wore masks before, and it's funny because a couple years ago, two, three years ago, when you were talking about these guys and, and you pointed me in their direction, and I, I had noted as a throwaway, I was like, look, they should probably wear masks. It would give them some personality if they wore some masks because otherwise they're just two little flippy dudes, and there's a million of those guys around. And lo and behold, now they're wearing masks. So Zero Gravity listens to Voices of Wrestling. I'm convinced they of do, that. Clearly. Absolutely. No, absolutely. But everybody listens to Voices. They don't wear them at AEW, but – I mean let's face it, Rich. In Minnesota where there's it, there's a lot of heat in Minnesota, they got to wear the mask. Well, it's so. cold in Minnesota. Maybe yeah. they have visa issues getting into Minnesota. So. Possibly. So they go under those hoods. But anyway, <laughs> I was watching that match and the commentators were talking because they, they, you couldn't tell the guy that's a park. They're both wearing masks. They're both the same size. They're both running around. And the one said, well, one of them looks like Brian Alvarez. 
So even that, and it's like, well, hold on a second. Brett does not look like it because that's I, I know they're talking about Brett. He doesn't look like. I, th- th- apparently, every Latino male just looks He's like. He's not Brian even Alvarez. Latino. I don't. Think. I don't think Volador Jr. looks like Brian Alvarez. Do you think he looks like Brian? Al- I didn't think he looked no. like Brian Alvarez. Everybody looks like Brian Alvarez. But um, here's the other thing, though. These men were wearing masks. That wasn't any so help the, anyway. So telling me that one of them looks like Brian Alvarez. Yeah, Volador Jr. does not look. He looks more like Davy Richards than he looks like. I, Everyone just looks like Brian Alvarez. That's, he doesn't look anything like listen, Brian Alvarez. Atlantis is 50 years old. He's going to take that man's looks like Brian the 19th, Alvarez, yeah. and people are going to say he looks like Brian Alvarez. I guarantee yeah, someone Jr. he looks like Brian Alvarez. It's, 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 everybody looks like Brian Alvarez. Nothing like Brian Alvarez. No. These, are two, these two men are both 15 years older than Brian Alvarez. They're both going to pull off their mask. <laughs> One of them is going to pull off their mask and get draw comparisons to Brian Alvarez. I, <laughs> I guarantee it. What if he actually does look like Brian? Then you're going to look like an idiot. But what if it is Brian Alvarez? Oh, if you look up uh, Atlantis Unmasked uh, – you get a an erotic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want. It's erotic fiction. I don't. Now. I don't want to break kayfabe. The Warriors of Poseidon by Alyssa Al- Day. So unfortunately, I, don't even... I know she's really excited about the Google hit she's getting in the next few days, but they're about to. Uh, <laughs> she's about to get pushed to the back. Sorry. She's gonna get Alyssa, some very but... confusing Google keywords <laughs> in her uh, in her analytics and over the next yes. couple of days with Atlantis unmasked. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, that's that's a huge huge match, and I'm looking forward to seeing it just from the historical aspect and i actually like both of those guys look everybody knows this isn't exactly the place to come for if you want your lucha get if you want your lucha broken down <laughs> you're listening to the wrong podcast yeah, you, you okay well uh we make no bones about that i am a very very casual lucha watcher i'm more than happy watching my cmll television show that's three months old uh that i get on my cable package i don't think you watch any lucha at all so this very very sparingly only when people say you must watch this match right, or whatever so watching, or match of the year time i'll, I'll watch it you're watching yeah, the hype so. stuff Sure. I'm watching stuff that's three months old. Um, you know, the CMLL that I'm watching, they're just starting now to start that Embusca uh, tournament, which was months ago. I mean, that was forever ago that, you know, the, that rookie tournament. Uh, that's what they're getting around to now on the, on the CMLL that I watch. But th- this is actually two guys that I've enjoyed over the years. Now, look, Ultimo Guerrero is the kind of guy um, I, I kind of liken him uh, to some of our people who follow New Japan. He's like the Togi Makabe of Mexico. He knows mm-hmm. when to take a match off. Let me just put it that way. Ultimo Guerrero is a smart man and uh, he will not, you know, I've seen him in matches where uh, if he doesn't feel as necessary, you know, you know how Togi Makabe just disappears in those multi-man matches. Oh yeah. yeah. And you forget he's there until the finish because he, you know, he'll, he'll grab someone on the opposing team. He'll go brawl 15 rows up and, and disappear and <laughs> <laughs> for the next 40 right, minutes. Takes yeah. the night off. That's kind of, you know, Ultimo Guerrero is kind of, he's a, he's a cagey veteran. He's sneaky, this guy. But when he's put in a position where he has to work a hard match, he's, you know, he does a nice job. So he's a very good worker and I enjoy him. I've always enjoyed Atlantis and I'm very curious where they're going to go with this. So I'm very much looking forward to this. There's one other match. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll run through the whole card. But like I said, this, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't where you want to come for your. Yeah. We're not, I'm not going to give you insights yeah, and yeah, predictions. This isn't going to be yeah. brilliant uh, CMLL analysis, but, um, Ray Comita versus uh, Cavernario in the hair versus hair match. Cavernario, I know you're familiar with him, Rich. Oh, yeah. yeah awesome. He, he, uh, rookie, uh, doing a nice job. Uh, leading contender uh, for rookie of the year, depending uh, if some of these other Lucha rookies who have been wrestling since the Nixon administration are going to qualify for the award or not. So <laughs> people are going to vote for Hechicero, even though he's – I think he turns 50 this year. Hechicero turn? I believe that's correct. Yeah, we did, we did that. Right, yeah, I think Cavernario's actually 19, so think, we can – Yeah, I think his first match was during the Watergate scandal. I'm pretty, yes, yeah. Um, right. uh, but, but technically, by the letter of the rule – 
He was he was wrestling in Dallas actually uh, when when JFK was shot. Uh, is so. that true? I did not. I was yes yeah he was actually excellent research. His, his show got canceled, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, listen, I'm I'm surprised they canceled the show, but uh, the NFL canceled that week, didn't they? Yeah, the NFL canceled. Uh, no, yeah, the NFL the... played, and and uh, what's um uh, uh who was the commissioner at that time? It's slipping my mind now. Uh, oh, that's old school. The guy before tag um... Way before Tag yeah, League. There's somebody else. Yeah, the, 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 the great commissioner of the NFL, who I cannot believe I'm, this slipped my mind right now. Yeah. Uh, Roselle. Yeah, Roselle. Yeah, Roselle. Right? He, yeah. he, Roselle. They played that week, and he said it was the biggest regret of his career. So, uh, uh, playing NFL that week. Oh, two days after. I'm, look, I'm looking at after, it right yeah. now. It's, Jesus. Yeah, that yeah, might be a little too much. Yeah. But anyway. Um, and the AFL even was like, no, we're not gonna, like even the AFL was like, no. Yeah, the AFL like, gonna... the NFL did. He said that was the biggest regret of his tenure overseeing the NFL. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're kidding though. Hechicero, I think, is like thirty-five or something. But uh, he he tech no, I think he's he, he technically qualifies as a rookie, even though he's been wrestling forever. He's definitely been wrestling since the nineties. Like he's been wrestling since ECW existed. Okay. Mm-hmm. He qualifies as a rookie under the Observer rookie. Oh yeah, I don't know if we got his exact age, but he debuted technically in two thousand one. So right, right. He he debuted while he before ECW folded before the show in Arkansas, where ECW man <laughs> was wrestling since ECW existed. But he's going to qualify as a rookie. It's insane. Uh, if I'm going to vote for somebody, I would much rather vote for Cavernario, who's a legitimate rookie, uh, along with Cachorro, Dragon Lee. Too. There's a bunch of guys. CMLL has a gigantic crop of legitimate rookies. Uh, I've I've been saying all year, CMLL and Dragon Gate are the two promotions right now that have the best young talent in the world and are doing the best job cultivating. Yeah, and making them, putting them in, in meaningful spots and making, you know, doing something with them. Right, obviously. so we've got a big hair versus hair match here. And this Carbonario, he's got a wacky hair. He can't lose, I was going to say, he can't lose his hair. That's no, a not big... yet. he's got all kinds of hair on his head. Look, I have no feel for who's going to win this because we don't follow it close enough, but I can't imagine they're going to have him lose his hair already. Uh, so hair versus, uh, yeah, so hair versus hair there. Um, that's third from the top. Second from the top is Negro Casas and Shocker defending the CMLL tag team titles against, uh, La Mascara and Rush. So Negro Casas and Rush have been having this feud all year long. So, um, now what's up with Shocker? Is he still no showing shows left and right? Like he was doing a few years ago. I'm not really up on this. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right one to ask. Yeah. I don't know why I'm asking you, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Shocker's a guy who, uh, isn't the most, reliable. but he looks like Brian Alvarez. That's he sure. definitely looks like they all look like Brian Alvarez. Actually, uh, who, is, who am I looking up right now? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Ray Kameda. He actually kind of does look like Brian oh, Alvarez. Oh, stop it. Oh, we really got to stop this. What kind of hair does he have? Uh, it's like long flowing locks. Oh, he's got like long greasy hair. It's like it's like Juventud Guerrera hair where it's like, yeah. He's got the Roman Reigns. It's all wet probably. Yeah, yeah. It's soaking wet in every yeah, picture I'm Dallas. seeing. So, so uh, yeah. Yeah, he could probably lose his. Somebody, somebody's think. losing uh, some wacky hair here. That's the way to do it. You don't want guys losing hair if they have a buzz cut. You know, we've seen that too many times. Or, uh, you know. You don't want the NXT deal where then they don't even shave the guy's head. Right, they shave another. Person. That's ridiculous. I want people were angry listen, that. Oh, you were one of the angry ones. I, I, I want a payoff, Rich. If you tell me someone's losing their hair, I want. I wanted. I wanted uh, Sylvester Lafort to lose his hair. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm with you. And I wanted Carmella to come out and and, and cut it off. Yeah, she didn't go. Yeah, I'm. I no Carmella. That was very. Disappointing. I, I apologize. Um, so, that seemed to be a, an, an obvious, you know. Yeah, she's a hairdresser. Perfect right? tie-in. I mean, I mean, she works at hair. In right. New Jersey. Right. The place is called Hair. 
So, I mean, she and she's a hair. She does hair. She could have came out and cut his hair. But anyway, that's the uh, semi-main events tag team title deal. And then on the undercard, let's see. We have uh, Blue Panther, uh, Kachoro, and Dragon Lee against uh, Felino and his sons, Puma King and Tiger. So this is a father-son deal here. And then uh, there's a women's match here. Uh, women's uh, Torneo Cybernetico here with, uh, let's see how many of these I botch. And I'm sure that Rob Viper or one of these guys will let us know how many of these names I botch. Because I'm not familiar with uh, with all of these ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Estralita, Goya Kong. That's an easy one. Yeah, I think you got Marcella, that. Marcella. Yeah. Uh, Princessa Sagi. I know that's Sagi because I'm familiar with the baseball player David Sagi. <laughs> I don't know uh, that's spelled the same. Yeah, actually, I don't. It's, it's not spelled at all the same. Why? Or I, I, this is yeah. It's David Segui is, is never, called S E G U I. So never heard a lot of these names pronounced. You gotta, it's an anagram, but no, it's not a. Yeah. It's not how David Segui is spelled. But. Uh, Amapola, Dallas, but not spelled the traditional way. D A L L Y S. Tiffany. I think I got that one down. I'm guessing this is WWE Tiffany. And, uh, and no, definitely. <laughs> AK Current. And it's not, uh, so, listen. It's not Taryn Terrell. I'm not going to lie. I've, I'm familiar with Marcella. That's it. Okay. How many of those I, ladies are you familiar with? I'm exactly zero. I'll tell you so. what, I'm intrigued by this Goya Kong. I'd like to take a look at that Goya Kong. It's, I like Malta Goya. So I don't know. Um, then we've got uh, one other match here listed anyway. At this point is uh, Mascara Dorada, the aforementioned Valador Jr., who is not Brian Alvarez. And I don't even think he looks like Brian Alvarez. And uh, Valiente. Huge. Have you seen what Goya Kong looks like? No, I'm, I'm curious. The big woman. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I, I figured with a name like Goya Kong, she'd be interesting. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Mascara Dorada, Valador Jr., Valiente against Euphoria, Mr. Niebla, and Thunder. So there's a bunch of guys there that if you're a New Japan fan, you're familiar with at least four of those guys because uh, they've been on New Japan tours and whatnot. Eh, Euphoria might not have been, but I'm familiar with him. I see him a lot. The other three guys for sure, uh, that babyface side there, they uh, or they might be heels at this point. I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, uh, Mascara Dorada, Valador Jr., and Valiente have all been on New Japan tours. You should be familiar with those guys. Euphoria, Mr. Nabla, and Thunder, the opponents there. So those are the six matches that we know about, but you know, Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero, that's the big one. And uh, there is the worst breakdown of the CMLL 81st yep. anniversary show right here. that you're going to hear all week. You heard it here on Voices of Wrestling. You will not hear a worse breakdown of that show uh, <laughs> than you just got right now. Because we could have avoided it and not done it at all, but no, hey, we'd listen, rather do it poorly. The that's... 80th anniversary show last year. Right, exactly. So and I said, well, that's tradition. we got to do that. Bottom once line, a year. Listen, when Triple Mania and the anniversary shows come around, yeah. We we got to talk about them because they're big shows. All kidding aside, they're big shows. And you should check them out if you if you're interested. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you're a big time wrestling, if you're a big enough wrestling fan to where you're listening to niche podcasts like this one <laughs> for three and a half hours, three and a half yeah. hours. I mean, these are the kind of shows you at least got to check them out or at least watch the main event. You know what I mean? And you know, I I I, t- I keep one eye on CMLL, and I know there's listeners that tell us all the time they wish we talked about more lucha. The problem is, Rich, there's just not enough time in a day. There was another, no, there's no time. There in was day, another Puro dump. On uh, Daily Motion. Oh, there was like 30. Yeah, Our friend Real Hero. I am so woefully behind. I don't know about you. I've got no less than like six cards to watch. Yeah, I wish you would I stop just... posting. Like as cool as the internet is and all that, I was just like, just stop. Like I wish – because it's there. Because it's there, I want to check Absolutely. it out. Absolutely. But... There's three New Japan shows I have to watch yeah. now. Uh, there's a new Noah show that went up. I've been, I've been watching a lot of Noah lately, and I know we got a listener question, so I'm going to talk about it then. Um, and that probably doesn't even count what's coming up. I mean there was a show this morning too, I just, a New Japan show. Are you even counting that? Like I said, there's a half a dozen shows that I need to yeah, get to. I don't to. know if that one's up yet, but um, I'm, soon. I'm still working my way through the 99 
Dragon Gate. I just I I can't keep up, and I guess we can segue right into that. Yes. Um, the Dragon Gate show on nine nine, which was an eye pay per view. I mean, I'm still working my way through it. Um, but you know, I've only seen the first four matches, so I haven't seen. And I think you're in the same boat, or you just yep, watched exactly. one match, or you watched the first four. Uh, I watched uh, three of the first four, I think. Let me break down that. I, I, I I've seen them at different times, so. Oh, you're skipping around, yes. No, I've been jumping. Yeah, I've been trying to get to stuff that people have been telling me to watch and all that. But I watched the first four, which means I did not see the. Uh, I have not seen the uh, the Flamita defense against KZ. I have not seen. The uh, six-man match that people are talking about with uh, Hulk, Mochizuki, and Dragon Kid against um, – who did they face? Uh, it was Tozawa, Yoshino, and, and Shingo. That was actually really fun. That was really good. Yeah, so I haven't seen I that. Did, I did see that one. And the, big um, story, just... and the big story here in Dragon Gate is, is, is turmoil uh, with Monster Express mm-hmm. and Tozawa getting sick of losing. And it seems like they're inching towards a Tozawa heel turn. So – or some sort of swerve or someone else. Something's happening. With the- that, that team, yeah, that stable is not going to be <laughs> what it is. going to be gone for a little while. Yeah. Uh, at least till the end of the year or the beginning of next year. Uh, Ricochet, like, you know, that's up in the air. We don't know when or if he'll be coming back. And, um, you know, the rest of the guy, you know, they keep losing matches and Tazawa is getting increasingly frustrated. And uh, there's a lot going on there with, uh, with Monster Express. So, um, you know, who knows? I, you know, I would like to see, I, I don't know. I, I don't care whether Tazawa turns or not, but I would like to see a sustained long-term Tazawa push. Um, yeah. No, so, so we actually had a listener question about that. It, it, it's, are you, would you be okay with him making a run towards the title? Tazawa? Would that be something you're, you're, you're into? Yeah. I thought he was going to make a run towards the title two years ago. And, yeah, I agree. you know, when he was the leader of Mad Blanky and it kind of just stalled and, and they never went all the way with it. And I believe he lost did he lose his challenge at a final gate show against against, the against Mochizuki? I want to say maybe. Let's see. Let's test your drinking that- knowledge. We won't do it live. Keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it? He he got a big title shot. I believe it was, was a Dreamgate or a, a... a Dreamgate title shot. It was in, okay. it was on one of those December shows. Now, Mochizuki's big title run was 2011. I think that was too soon. I think it was at the end of 2012. Uh, what I have here. Shot. When was the only two title shots I have is uh, both uh, both Shima. Uh, it was the Kobe World Festival 2012 and then Dead or Alive 2013. Okay. And he lost both of those. Hey. That's the only two that I'm seeing. Then I see um, just number one contendership key hunting okay. matches that so he those are, yeah. So it was first it, once he lost in, but yeah. It was one of those against Shima where I was convinced he was. Oh, Mochizuki at 2011. He beat. There's your Yep. Uh, yes, yeah, he beat uh, Tazawa. It was Gate of Victory. Gate of Victory uh, 2011. Well, what's the date on that? Uh, it was October 13th. Okay, that's not the one I'm thinking of. It was definitely okay. one of Shima matches then. Um, yeah, it was, okay. 2011. Then, uh, those are, because those are July and, July and May 2012 and 2013. Yeah, well, the were, thing, were the other two, it could have so. been the 11 match with Mochizuki because that was too soon. Because that was mm-hmm. big heel thing. It wasn't until later when, and Mad Blanky didn't right. even exist in 2011. So it was when he, yeah. So it was one of those Shima matches. I don't remember which one off the top of my head. I'm horrible with dates and things like that. I I get and I'm horrible with 
when matches took place on what show. We've talked about this before. I'm really bad at that. I can never... We spent two hours going over the Survivor Series. Last yeah, time, there's so. people who are really awesome at that, who can just run off, you know, what show, what match was on, and what year it was, and what city it was in. I am not the person to come to for that. I, I am horrible at that. But, uh, yeah, I thought he was going to beat uh, Shima, you know, during, you know, in that 2013 match, and it mm-hmm. never happened. I think that's the one you're thinking. That is the one. That, I'm almost positive. Yes, I, I remember that as well, yeah. So, um... I remember talking about it here, and mm-hmm. I was surprised exactly. he didn't oh, yeah. win that. And um, you know, I would love to see a sustained push for him. I think, you know, um, and, and, and a run up all the way to the title. The, the problem with him is when he's a babyface. I think he's a little too. There's a little bit too much comedy around with him sometimes to take him seriously mm-hmm. as a true tie. Even in the Dragon Gate, in- even the chance and, and everything he does throughout the match is sort of goofy fun. I mean, I I still love it and it's awesome and the crowd gets way into it. But yeah, it's hard to really. You know what I mean. It's a little too goofy yeah. for the, the top guy. He, he shouts and he screams and he runs around and does silly things and dances and all that. And, and I'm, I'm, it, it's not like he's you know a dancing fool or whatever, but the fact that the stuff he does, it's just a little. He's not Santino Morella. That's not right, but he does a little. The, there's subtle stuff, but it's still it's very. You kind of laugh at it. You're kind of like, oh, that's silly Tazawa, and, and you don't necessarily want that. Right. So he might work. It might work better as a heel anyway. But something's up with uh, Monster Express, and yep. um, I didn't watch the Six Man yet, so I can't really speak on what the aftermath of that was. Other than I do know that Tazawa went kind of ape shit on a show a couple nights before that uh, in one of the post match promos. Yeah, he didn't do too much in this one. He just kind of was down and out, and everybody. The other two were standing the entire time and and, and conversing with the with the new uh, the Dia Hearts or whatever, yes. um, the new stable. But uh, and he was down the entire time, and sort of it, it was kind of a symbolic thing of like these two are strong and he's kind of the weak link you know just writhing in pain after he lost and the other two had done really well the entire match so it was sort of it wasn't the freak out that you were i, I was sort of expecting but it was yeah it was it was definitely a subtle thing of, of, of tozawa sort of the wink link of that team so and you know i want to kind of weave in a listener question into this conversation because somebody had asked what do you think has been booked stronger this year new japan or dragon gate and i think that's a real easy answer it's dragon yeah, I- gate Absolutely. I think Dragon Gate's the best booked promotion in the world. And um, I, I really believe that. I, I, I love everything they've done this year from um, everything that's going on with Punch Tamanaga mm-hmm. and, and his slow ascension up the card. The way that they've used Shima since he's lost the title has been nothing short of brilliant. Yeah, and I do want to talk about that match too before we move on uh, to Shima, another topic. But we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, okay. Um, the, the whole BB Hulk story, the slow burn. Right. Separation yep. from Mad Blanky, the title win. Trying to get the, the, the logo back and the colors back and then right. just saying, oh, screw it, you know, whatever. You know. Then it transitioned into he was trying to do everything on his own. But what was what was brilliant about that that we talked about is it's okay for a baby face to be, to be vulnerable sometimes. And, and they were okay with presenting him as vulnerable against insurmountable odds. And now he has a unit. He admitted sure. that he needed Which help. Which is very strong. I, I, I like that too because it's, it's – they're understanding what they're sort of – what Dragon Gate – because obviously Dragon Gate you – know, people joke about that, that everybody's in stables and all that sort of stuff. But it, it makes sense that a guy – you know, you really can't do it on your own in Dragon Gate. You do need friends and allies and, and, and stables and that sort of stuff Which because everybody else has got one. So if you don't have one, you, you, you know, you're kind of a – Left out there. So I, that, that was another aspect of the story I just loved is that he, he tried to be the rebellious one, but it was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, it didn't work out. And he had, this is how it works in Dragon. Had, you, need a, you need a unit. So yeah. just suck it. And he admitted it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he admitted that Mochizuki and Dragon Kid were right. And now he's got himself a stable. He's got guys to watch his back. 
And uh, so, you know, his his story has been very interesting um, over the last several months as, they, as they've gone through uh, with all this. You know, everything Dragon Gate does is very calculated. And, and, and we haven't even talked, and I know you want to talk about it a little more when we talk about the match, but, you know, the rise of T-Hawk and the way they've booked him has yep. been brilliant. I mean, it's very clear that he's going to, uh, you know, break into that group of, of top guys uh, sooner than later. You know, he's still 23, 24 years old. And he's, you know, they, it's clear that they're gonna they're gonna move him into that spot. And he got his one dream gate shot against Yoshino, and believe me, they're not gonna forget about that match. They're gonna draw back on that match at some point in the future, and it's gonna be uh, part of something because that's the way Dragon Gate operates. They reward people who pay attention and have been watching for years and years and years. Um, you know, it, it doesn't run on you know whatever the current pay-per-view cycle is like WWE uh, does things or, and they, 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 they reward the fans who remember things and they expect you to remember things. And uh, you know, this year in particular, I think the booking has been tremendous, much better than new Japan. There's been a lot of holes in the new Japan booking. And uh, here's the thing with new Japan's booking. I think they really have a good feel for long-term, but I hate a lot of the little things they do in the interim. Right. They have no idea. They're very bad at that sort of how do we get to point B, you know, point A to point B. They know what they're going to do. But to get there, it's just like, oh, we'll have a freaking tag match every single, you know, we'll just do 15 six man tag matches. It's, you know, it's it's you can see the long term always makes sense. And you I, I call it light bulb booking because three months later, you see why they did something three months earlier. And they're very good at that. But I think the booking in that company was much better in 2012 and 2013 Certainly. Than it was this year. I think this year they've made a lot of missteps, whether it's thinking that the Gracies meant anything or anybody cared about the Gracies to um, just the fact that AJ Styles doesn't have any title defenses on these two shows that are coming up. I mean, to me is is inexcusable. I mean, you at least have to let the guy you got to throw at least a token title defense in there, especially after he got over so well in the G1, which was gimmick free, bullet club free. And he got over. So give him a title match and let's see. You know, take another chance. So there's a lot of things to be critical of in New Japan when it comes to the booking. Um, and, and we get wrongly accused of being cheerleaders a lot of the time. Where we're, we're, I'll tell you, we're more critical of, Dragon Ga- of uh, New Japan's booking. Than, right, because we watch it and we're passionate about than, it. So of than, course we Than be, most you know. people are. And for some reason, you know, because we don't completely, you know, tra- because we're fair. And we tell you what – the things that they do are great along with the things that they do are terrible. You know, People don't – people hear what they want to hear. So you know, we get labeled cheerleaders or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's absolutely false. I mean if you go back and listen to shows, we're very, critical. very critical of New Japan booking. We, the, Na- the Naito stuff, I mean we, we were bitching and moaning. Like, Naito, like I thought we were too hard on it when uh, going up to the kingdom or going up to you – know, Who complains harder about the way – who I mean, complains harder about the way AJ won the title than us? Right, yeah. Go read my review of when Yujiro beat Ishii for the Never title. Go read that review if we're cheerleaders. Or any fella. <laughs> I mean uh, of the booking because you know I, I, I trash it. I said I don't want to see that in New Japan. I don't like seeing that stuff in New Japan title matches. So that's another misstep that I think uh, you know, booking. Yeah, so to me, to that listener, it's not even a comparison. I think the Dragon Gate booking not oh, only is Dragon Gate's been masterful this year. Oh, everything has been much better book, is a much better books company than New Japan this year. And uh, 
and and you know, New Japan I think has as I think uh, Gato and Jado have had their weakest year since probably I'd have to, you'd have to go back to before 2011 probably to find a year where and I don't even know who was booking the company you know 2008 2009 I have to think about it or ask somebody I'm not even sure I remember but you know you know 2011 2012 2013 were much stronger years from a booking perspective than 2014 in New Japan. 2014 has been spotty from a booking perspective. It has, yeah, absolutely. So and I, the, the highs have been high, but the the lows and everything in between has been very low. Look, here's the good that they've done: the elevation of Ishii has worked. Yes, um, I think pairing him off with Naito early in the year was 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 perfect because Naito got great matches uh, out of him, and they really worked well together. And uh, they've really elevated they've elevated him into a position where he is now uh, a legit guy, and I think they've done a great job with that. And um, I think, in theory, they're doing all the right things in building towards the Bullet Club really coming apart at the seams, and them being taken down by the New Japan uh, Army. Presumably, at I would assume that's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, I, I would hope and think so, so. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Um, you know, you you you've got to look at it, you know, from that perspective. I and they they get plans and they stick to them. That's for sure. Um, you know, people have talked about that and said they're they're not they they don't really like to switch gears. So um, whatever that long term plan is with this bullet club thing, they're gonna see it through. And it all it seems to me like it's building towards the Tokyo Dome. But um, you know, I guess we'll see. All right. Um, oh, before we leave Dragon Gate, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Millennials uh, versus Shima. And uh, who, I'm Gamma. blanking on the, Gamma, that's it. Yeah, of course. Uh, about that match. Alan wanted us to talk about that, too. So that's another kind of question for us. Uh, what did you think about the story of that match? I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was. If you haven't seen the match, um, essentially, Shima, it, it was. You mentioned sort of the masterful Shima thing where he's sort of been in the background for a little while and sort of. And that's self-imposed as well, is that he said, look, I'm a little bit older. I'll go to the background and do some stuff. And he's sort of been toiling away. But this was like his re-coming out party in a, in a lot of ways. Like the, these these young idiots, these young assholes think that they're better than me. Well, they're not. And he – it was – I thought it was awesome. It was a really good match. Yeah, he's essentially – he's moved himself down the card. He's like a mid-card guy now. But he's still very much respected. And yeah. beating him means something. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like that legend role. But – you're right. I thought the first half of this match was the veterans schooling these young guys, yep. totally schooling them at every turn for the whole first half of the match. And then uh, T-Hawk eventually got the better of Shima and um, uh, was taunting him. But Shima was playing possum at one point, which I thought was was was, yeah. was a uh, he was being a cagey veteran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was just these veterans is getting the better of these two young snot nosed punks at every turn. And uh, it, it was just another excellent, excellent match from T Hawk and Aita, uh, from T Hawk and Aita, who, at this point, you know, I just rewatched. I watched the Ring of Honor um, All Star Extravaganza show twice. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched it once casually, and then I got a writing assignment from Fighting Spirit Magazine, so I watched it a second time. You know, taking notes and you know, working. So, you know, you know what I mean? It's okay, different gotcha. when you watch a show, when you're writing a review sure, than when you're just chilling out watching a show. So I watched it a second time and I really, really loved the Young Bucks Red Dragon match even more the second time I watched it. I liked that match a lot better than you did because you didn't really you weren't thrilled with that match. Um, I enjoyed it, but I just didn't. I probably not on the same level that you. I really, really liked that match. And it's it's 
and again, it was another great match from the Young Bucks, and Red Dragon 2 was having a hell of a year. But T-Hawk and Aita are really – I'm really going to struggle with who I'm going to vote tag team in a year. It's down to them and the Bucks at this point. And I, it's just the storytelling in these T-Hawk and these millennial matches mm-hmm. is just on another level. And you're, you're somebody that loves that sort of – prospect rise as well and, and i'm very similar to that as well where obviously you know you, you love your young lions and you love i think that that's why i'm really invested in them and that's why they're you know when when, when we get you know if i don't order the show if i get the links to, to a show i usually kind of skip to their match right at the beginning because i'm just so invested in seeing these guys you know take that leap up and that's there's every match of theirs has that story of these are these young guys and obviously we saw it with tozawa and, and, and all that stuff before where it was it, it, it it's People recognize, you know, that everybody else in Dragon Gate recognizes that these guys are really awesome, but they know that they have to, you know, use what they know and their intelligence and their veteran, you know, mentality and that sort of stuff to beat them because these guys are the most super athletic and da-da-da. It's just a really cool, fun story. Just, I, I love they're, it. They're cocky assholes, and all the veterans uh, recognize that they're good, but they hate that they're cocky assholes. Mm-hmm. But nobody can beat them. And that's right. what was great about this match because they were getting schooled at every turn. And I will tell you that thanks to the excellent storytelling that they do in all their matches, this numero uno submission that Aita uses, that uh, he calls it the numero uno. For people who haven't seen it, I guess you would call it – I don't know what you would call it. Would you call it a, like a, a, a double arm bar, I guess you would call it? Where you, where a scissored arm bar maybe? Yeah. Um, but anyway. I'm sure there's a name for what – yeah, something like that. Yeah, it, it, they're, double arm bar. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like he's he's in a seated position and he and he put and he locks you almost in a cross face chicken wing without crossing without using the cross face part. I guess it's it's a scissored arm bar. There's no other way to describe it. But anyway, these matches build to this hold, and he locks the guy in this hold, and then T Hawk fights off the partner, and the crowd in this this move is so over now. That the crowd was just going insane during this hold in this match with Shima and Gamma because they were afraid that was going to be the finish because they really wanted to see these guys lose. And, uh, and, and it's just it's, – it's been brilliant match-to-match booking because they built to that spot so well in all these matches. And I don't know if they should be getting all the credit or whether it's these – because, look, we know that this is a very talented roster. And uh, you know these are these are veteran guys that they're always facing. And well, you know what, Shingo and Tazawa aren't exactly uh, Ric Flair and Terry Funk. I mean, they're not. No, no. You know, so that's not even true necessarily either. Yeah, so that's, when, that's, it, when it comes, I like both of those guys, but yeah, it's not like when it comes to match structure. I mean, you know, let's you know maybe the Millennials deserve more credit than we're than I'm attempting to give them here in terms of of the stories of these matches. But um, that was just such a great spot in this match, and uh, it ended up not being the finish, and. Uh, it's just the place just uh, it came unglued when 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 the veterans uh, won the match, and uh, it, it's just it was it was an, another excellent match, and I'm really I'm I'm really really torn at this point between them and the Young Bucks because they're such mm-hmm. different teams too. It's it's yeah it's it's a the very Bucks weird. are more you know flashy, tons of crazy high spots, innovative stuff. Um, you know, tremendous fast-paced matches, whether it's in New Japan, whether it's in Ring of Honor, whether it's in PWG, wherever you want to go with them uh, or, and watch them perform. And, and, but, but, but the Millennials team 
it's it's and this is crazy because it's Dragon Gate and people think that you know it's just go 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 but it's been a very cerebral team right they're not and they're they're super young and athletic and you would think that yeah that's all they do is just a bunch of flips and dives and they're not that way though <laughs> they're not, not at all no their matches are very cerebral and there there's a there's a heavy storyline uh, element to all of their matches and 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 this one was no different and uh, you know it was just another excellent match and Shima is obviously a guy who. Um, physically, ever since he broke his neck, I guess, or had the neck injury in 2008, 2009, or whatever, he'd never been quite the same. But it's 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 really hard to like if you didn't know that, you would never know. I mean, he covers up his his, his aches and pains so well, and I mean, he's just he's just a great Shima is just a great wrestler, and he always has been. And I think the fact that he's been in Dragon Gate, where a lot of people weren't paying the drag, attention to Dragon Gate for a lot of years, other than the hardcore Dragon Gate fan, I don't think people realize how great this guy is. Mm-hmm. And he may be hitting the Hall of Fame ballot soon, and and I don't know if he'll get his his proper due, but I really hope people research his career and seek out some of his stuff. I mean, he's just he's just a great pro wrestler, Rich. The guy is just great. Yeah, no, he just get. I mean, yeah, he just, just, he just the way he projects himself, the way uh, you know, everything he does way, has meaning and purpose. Absolutely, and, and yeah. you know, he put over Punch Tamanaga a couple uh, months ago, or last month or whatever it was, and um, you know, and Punch Tamanaga on this show. I don't know if you watched a match with Don. Fuji. I have not seen that one yet. No, that's glad that's way to watch that yeah. because he's awesome we've been waiting for you know you know he rolled out this new gimmick this insane gimmick and uh you know he, he kind of gets to take shortcuts with it which kind of maybe hides some of his flaws as a worker but this match i thought was a real step up for him and a step up for this gimmick and a step up for this character and he's really settling into the role he was incredible in this match this wasn't an incredible match or anything like that, but his performance in this match against Don Fuji was incredible. They did another DQ. Okay, he attacked him with the box and got disqualified again. But the way he projected himself in this match and his performance in this match, I really, you know, you, you should definitely. I know you're probably going to watch the whole card anyway at some point. But uh, I thought he was he was incredible, and I think that that that's a gimmick that 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 has room to grow. And as a performer, he has room to grow, and it, this thing has some legs. I think there's some potential with this guy. We know that you know before he took on this gimmick that he was a great bumper and he was a great seller, and he had all those fundamentals down like all these young Dragon Gate guys do. But in this role, I think he, he's his personality is really coming to the forefront, and he's really taking this by the throat and doing an excellent yeah. job. And I think he he as well senses that he's he's in a big spot and really trying to make the most of it. No, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And again, we're talking about I think that's that's something that I love when wrestling's that way, where you can sort of the seeds are planted now, where you have a few guys that you know when they want to you know when they want to say go, those guys are are, are going to be stars. Or they're going to be in the top and they're ready and they're prepared and there's stories behind them and that sort of stuff, which is just so much the key I I, I think to a lot of wrestling and 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 we're seeing. You know, right now we're sort of seeing in WWE and a lot of people that's been the complaint of it is that the shows have just been boring as hell because, you know, you lose a few guys. I mean, hell, Dean Ambrose goes away and these shows are utter garbage. You know what I mean? They, 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 there's 30 minutes that they have no idea how to fill, so they're just filling them with just, like, horrible segments. I mean, it's just like they don't have anything prepared when, you know, you, we talk about last year. You know, I was, I was talking with other people about that as well of – you know, we, we didn't complain about the three-hour raw as much last year. And we, we said that it was just, you know, a great year for, for WWE in general. And that's because you had the Punk and Brian and all those sort of guys. Well, now you have a bunch of these guys that have left, done other roles, moved on, you know, left the company, injured, whatever. 
there's nobody to replace these people. It, it's a very devoid thing. And now they're, they're putting all the NXT guys on house shows and stuff like that. But it's, it's so important, I think, to have that next crop of guys ready to go. And I think Dragon Gate's done a, a great job of that, even, even better than New Japan as well. That's another thing that I think they've done better. I mean, we've had now the Yoshihashi, you mentioned the Ishii thing, but there's still sort of a... Um, I, I still think Dragon Gate has done it better. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some that criticize New Japan because they haven't really created a star since Okada. I disagree with that because I think uh, Ishii um, uh, is somebody who they've uh, effectively built and created into a star, but um, uh, or that could be a star anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, you look at the Millennials, and the reason why this win was such a great win for Shima and Gamma is because there is no start and stop. There is no trading wins. They've just booked them strong as fuck, and they've been beating established teams and other established wrestlers and been cocky about it. And then when they finally lose in a match like this, which was part of the, you know their tag league, so they didn't lose the titles, um, it had impact. And I mean that's what you're looking for. And you know if they had been trading wins this whole time or you know they had gotten a start and stop push or whatever it is you know, that we see in some other places, this win wouldn't have had the impact it had, and it wouldn't have meant as much. Right. So, um, you know, that that stuff's important. So um, I think, yeah, Dragon Gate, like I said, CMLL as well has done a good job uh, with their young wrestlers as well, uh, moving guys up, getting guys in the mix. I mean, you look at that anniversary show, and a bunch of those rookies are, are on the show. You know, you got Cachero, I mean, yeah, Dragon yeah, Lee, yeah. Puma mm-hmm. King, Tiger, and, and, and Cavanario's third from the yeah, top. Yeah, you have a 19-year-old that's in the, in the, <laughs> the third from the top. In and a, in and a, a big match, hair versus so. hair match. Right. So they've and, – and they're, that Embusca tournament – was another great example of just letting guys go out there and shine and elevating them up. I'm disappointed Hechicero's not on the show in some form or fashion. Um, but, you know... It, for, it, for such a great guy, you think they'd put him on there. They've got a you know? massive roster. No, I'm, you're being facetious, but I'm not. I mean... No, he's, he's soft. They've got such a massive roster, you know, and there's so many guys. I mean, they just... I don't know. And there's only six... I, there may be more than these six matches that, that, that we're aware of. Um, but Hechicero's a guy who... Look, we joke around a lot. I mean, but I I was very impressed with him in that and Busca tournament because he's mm-hmm. he's different. He's different. You know, he brings a different element to his matches that you know he's not a flyer. He's not you know he's not uh, he's he's not flying around. He's he's a very good uh, he he does very innovative grappling, and he 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 has a lot of innovative things that he does and and uh, um. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen him somewhere in this, but but you know they've got four or five of those of those young guys on this show, and 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 they're featuring them on their big show, and and so I think those are the two promotions that are doing the best job of that. Certainly, uh, let's move on to New Japan here a little bit. We're going to talk about the destruction shows going on. Um, and, and Yuga and Yuga Hayashi, did you watch the opener, the dark match? Kness and uh, I did not, no. against uh, Yusuke Sanfuku. No, that one I have not seen yet. No. Okay. I uh, unfortunately bounced around for a few matches that I kind of wanted to see, but I'm going to go back tomorrow and try to watch all of them. But... Yeah, when you watch that one, this is like his eighth match ever. <laughs> or so, It might not be that drastic, but it's definitely only his – about. he's only had about a half a dozen matches that have been on tape. Okay, And you can see he's already over with the Dragon Gate fans, and they're into everything he does. Number one, because he, he has outstanding charisma for such a young wrestler. And number two, because those fans haven't been burned a million times with the start and stop pushes. Right. And, I, want, I can get behind a guy because I know. Yeah, that, I'm not going to look like a complete idiot if I get behind this guy because eventually they'll pay it off for me. You know, and he's not winning matches or anything. I mean, he's losing left and right because he's, he's a rookie, but the fans are behind him. 
And I think that's a great thing. So, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up before you moved on. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Uh, New Japan, obviously, this weekend we have the Destruction Shows. They're the, if you're not aware, um, not one iPay-Per-View. They're actually split into two. There's actually only one of them showing up on Ustream right now. That's the uh, the 21st in the Kobe. Uh, and then there's also a Okayama one in the on the 23rd. That, as far as I know, it's just a Samurai TV one. So I don't know if it'll be on Nico Nico or, you know, when we'll be able to see that. But, of course, we will be able to see the one on Ustream. We'll be covering it live and all that good stuff. Um, well, do you want to preview both these shows real quick? Yeah, here's the deal with this. This is like New Beginning where they split those two shows yep. up. And this is bad for the fans because uh, <laughs> it could be – you know, if, they, if it was all one show, it would be a hell of a show. Instead, you get two shows that aren't quite as good as if they just did one. But you can't, you can't kill them from a business perspective for doing this because when they did it for New Beginning, they drew two huge houses and sold out both shows and everything else. So how can you really rip them for it? I mean, if you can draw two houses instead of one in two decent-sized buildings, then why not do it? So we'll see. Once they stop drawing, then then it'll probably go back. But as far as I know now, then hey. If these two shows draw the same way the new beginning shows drew, then you're going to see more of this. And uh, we knew this was going to be a different kind of year. We talked about that at the beginning of the year. We knew they were going to try things like this that were outside the box. So some things have worked. Some haven't. Um, you know, running Yokohama Arena mm, didn't work so well. They only drew about 7,000 fans, which, you know, you can't get 7,000 is a strong number, but not when the building holds, you know, more than twice as many. The G1 in the in the Seibu Dome, mm, I, I, I wouldn't call it a failure, but I wouldn't call it a big success either. I'm not going to call any show that drew that many fans a failure, uh, but you can't really call it a huge success either because, you know, they, I'm sure they were they had designs on, on, on doing, you know, they would have been thrilled if they drew 20,000 people. The split shows, the first set of split shows, New Beginning. I call that a success. Both shows sold out. You have to call them a success. So we'll see what happens here uh, with these shows. Are these – what are these? Dominion or what are they? Uh, These are Destruction. 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 Okay. So these are the Destruction shows. They're split into two shows. So what you're going to get is uh, one night the big stars are going to be in a hard match and then the next night uh, they'll be in a tag or a multi-match, which – which presumably will give them a little bit of an easier time for their body. That's sort of also part of the design here. Um, you know, to give an example, let's see, we've got, well, you know, I'll tell you what, they're not really doing that. See, last time they did that with the new beginning shows, you know, you'd have a hard match on one show and then you'd have like, mm-hmm. you'd be hidden in a multi-man or a tag match on the next show. But if you look here, ever since they reworked them with the Yoshihashi thing, Yoshihashi won that elimination match that we talked about on the last show. And, uh, he's getting an IWGP tag team title shot with Okada. And so Okada is going to be in an IWGP tag team title match with Yoshihashi against Anderson mm-hmm. and Gallows. And then two nights later, he's in the main event defending his briefcase yep. against Carl Anderson, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that is correct. Yeah, so, defending um, – I don't know if it's technically a briefcase or just his title shot or whatever. I don't think – but yeah, but yeah. Right. So no, he carries around a briefcase, don't they? Yeah, it's a briefcase. Yeah, yeah okay. they totally ripped off the uh, money. Yeah, I was going to say, of all things to rip off, the, yeah. at least they don't call him Mr. – maybe they do call him Mr. – You know. Tokyo domain event every two seconds that we just don't know, but right. So he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. So, that's the, that's so complete rebel. but we know they're big fans of North American wrestling. So, you know, they, they obviously saw an idea they liked. So, um, but so Okada's got two pretty hard matches here. Tanahashi is in the semifinal on both shows, one against Shibata. So, you know, he's going to take a beating in that one. And then two nights later, he's in a tag match. He's teaming with Naito and they're facing styles and gallows. Yep. So, you know, I would expect Naito to do the majority of the work in that one. Uh, Nakamura is in the main event of Kobe 
uh, defending the uh, IC title. Oh, no, no, no. Challenging for the IC Challenging title against Fale. Yep. He's got what you'd think he'd, he's going to win this. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean, it certainly looks that way. But uh, And then uh, the next night, Nakamura is third from the top, teaming with Ishii against Fale and Tamatanga. So singles match, then a tag match. They each have one singles match and one mm-hmm. tag match. You know, the three top stars. Uh, let's see. Ishii's in that tag match with Nakamura that I just mentioned. What's he doing but then on he's, the first he, night? He, he tops the show in the Kobe. Uh, that, that's the, here's a few more days of rest. It's him, Rocky Romero, and Kozlov versus the Bucks and Yujiro. Okay, so he's in two tag matches. Yeah. So, and he could use it. Honestly, he could have used the night off completely. Absolutely. His shoulder yeah. issues. But, uh. Let's, you want to break down the cards? Yeah, the let, way? Let's, I got, I got... yeah let, me, let me run down the Kobe card. This yeah, is the one on Ustream. Uh, the second show in Okayama, there's no. This isn't going to be on iPay-per-view. At least it isn't as of when we're recording this. Yeah, it's not. It, it hasn't been advertised as such. Right. Samurai TV. So only the Kobe card, which obviously the main event, which we already talked about, Nakamura versus Fale, and the semi-main event, which is Tanahashi versus Shibata. So those are both. I think. I mean, it, to me, the match that's going to draw the house is the Tanahashi Shibata match. I don't know how you feel about that. Um. I don't – it's sort of like – to me, that's one of those deals where the semifinal is more of a draw than the, than the, than the main event. Certainly, yeah. No, I, I don't think anybody is really anticipating. I mean, Nakamura is – to be fair, I mean, Nakamura is just a, a, a magnet for charisma, and I think people just absolutely adore him in, you know, in Japan. But, yeah, I don't think that there's any real – Well, that's the thing. I, I'm not We've even – We've seen this a bunch of times already. Yeah, we've seen I this match. I don't think it's a particular match. I think people will go there to see <laughs> Nakamura, but it's it's a very different – their fourth than... match. Right, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine anyone really excited about seeing what happens in this match. But, but so. let's be – you know, here's the thing, though. Nakamura has gotten better matches out of this guy than anybody has out of Fale. So there is that. I mean, I do have hopes that, that it can be decent. I mean, he's gotten the best matches out of, out of Fale. Um, third from the top is Togi Makabe versus Hiroki Goto, which is a pretty interesting singles match that kind of uh, they, they built sort of out of nothing um, uh, leading up to this. Uh, just really that, that came out of nowhere uh, when they built towards that. So uh, three big singles matches on top. Of, uh, of the Kobe card. And then also you've got the uh, two title matches on that card as well. The one we already talked about, which is Okada and Yoshihashi challenging Anderson and Gallows. Um, put a percentage on this. What percentage of a chance do you give Okada and Yoshihashi of winning the titles there? Uh, pretty low. I'd probably put in 40% maybe. I agree because you've got Yoshihashi on uh, – and, Yo- and uh, No, that one uh, I have a different percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's challenging for the never title. So I don't know. He's, he's definitely not going to win both titles. Um, no, that'd be a hell of a push <laughs> I mean, real yeah, quick. Yeah. I mean, but I, no, it just gets – Okada doesn't need that. That's just annoying. I mean that would be I – mean, Here's the thing. If Okada and Yoshihashi win the tag titles, then there's really no drama to that Yoshihashi-Yujiro match. Because mm-hmm, you know he's not going to win that. Yeah. So I, right, exactly. you would figure that they're losing that. Um, mid-card mania for AJ Styles as he teams with uh, Tamatanga <laughs> and takes on Naito and uh, Kota Ibushi. Now look. Any match that has Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, and AJ Styles is probably going to be a hell of a match. Um, but Tama could just take the day off if you really. <laughs> but here's the thing: it's like we noted earlier. I can't get behind this booking of AJ Styles on the. He no. needs to have a title defense on one of these shows. Not only does he not have a title defense on either show, he's in a tag match on both shows. And they're not even good. To, yeah, like, yeah. I get even if you want to do a non-title or even if you want to do a, a, a name tag match, but this is really just nothing. I mean, you could even make the argument of all right. Well, if he takes the fall 
in one or both of these matches, which he's not going to do, by the way, you could potentially set up title challenges, but you just had G1 to set up title challenges. Right, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's very silly. Yeah, I don't know why he's just not in a singles match with Naito. I mean, or Tonga's like taking the fall here, and Gallows is taking the fall in the second one. Just do it. Just have him defend the title against Naito. Why not? Yeah, exactly. What the hell do you lose? You lose <laughs> like... nothing. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's not going to lose either match. Gallows and Tonga are taking these falls. And no one's buying the show because AJ Styles and, you know, they're, they're buying it for the Tanahashi Shibata. You're good. You have a draw there, so just do whatever you want. Yeah, it, it's so silly. Yeah, or I mean, put the Styles-Naito match. Show some guts. Put the Styles-Naito yeah, match see what you can do with on it. the yeah. Okayama sh- show and put it in a position to draw and see if you actually turn this guy into a draw with the great G1 that he had. Because it seems to me he got over. And, and the fans are familiar with him now, and they know what he's about, and they know that he could have great matches. Well, you know what? Show some guts, and let's see what you got. I mean, come on. Two tag matches in the middle of the card? Give me a break. You're absolutely right. He should be defending against Naito. Yeah, why not? What, what, it, Naito doesn't lose anything in that. Styles wins. I mean, it, it, It's so silly that that doesn't. And it should be headlining on the 23rd. Right. Or, yeah, if you're going to – yeah, he, he definitely should be headlining the, the, the non-I-pay-per-view show if you're that worried about it as well. And you, but, and you could have Okada Anderson as the semi. What's – you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a pretty strong semi. Because he's in a worse match in night two, isn't he? Uh, where's he at? Styles? Oh, no, no. Styles. Okay, no. no it's he's a little bit better. He's teaming with Gallows. He's Tanahashi yeah, but he's teaming with So he's facing Naito the... twice in time match. He should just defend it against Naito. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. And the one in Kobe that we're talking about is fifth from the top. Right, yeah. Okay, continue. There's a Makabe Goto match that's that's, cons- uh, listen, that's deemed more worthy than. Yeah, I mean, which, look, it, I'm looking forward to that match. I think they're going to beat the living shit out of each other. But Styles needs to be defending the title against Naito on one of these shows. It's ridiculous. Um, moving, continuing on here, Kushida is defending against Taguchi. A lot of people are sick and tired of Taguchi. Um, look, I don't mind this. You need these sort of placeholder ty- kind of defenses now and then. So I really, I, I have no f- look. I think it'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be great, but I don't really have a problem with the match. Uh, what do you think of Kushida Taguchi? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I I, I don't mind uh, Taguchi as much as other people, and and I I think Kushida's awesome, so I'm uh, I, I'm I'm fine with this, and I think it'll be a pretty solid match. Sakuraba and Yano against the feud that never ends against uh, Minoru Takashi. <laughs> Speaking of, of of booking blunders, it's like I mean, the repetitive matches is something we didn't. This is ridiculous. I mean, this this particular matchup is just yeah. We're just tired of it. Um, Sakuraba, to me, holds the least appeal of anybody on the roster. I want to see him the least of anybody on this roster. I want. I can't believe they're even bringing him back. Um, they must. Yeah, why, why? I don't. I, mean, I personally, I don't think he draws. I don't think he. Has, you know, there's the argument when they brought him in that he was a bit. You know, was going to draw non-wrestling fans or or people that were lapsed fans or just be a draw in general. I don't think he's a draw at all. I don't think he, he. I'm sure he isn't cheap. In fact, I can tell you he's not cheap. I really don't see the point of this guy anymore. And he's terrible. Everything he does is terrible. He's unentertaining. He's not a good pro wrestler. Um, he needs to go away. And this feud needs to end. And I have no interest in this match whatsoever. Um, and then, the, you know, there's three more matches, and they're all multi, multi-man multi matches. I'll just run through them real quick. Tenzan, Kojima, Liger, and Hanma against Nagata, Nakanishi, Tiger Mask, and Captain New Japan. Alex Shelley, Maximo, and Bushi against Taka Mishinoku, Desperado, and uh, Taichi, and uh, Ishii 
as we noted earlier, he's in the opener here. Ishii, Rocky Romero, and Alex Kozlov against the Young Bucks and Yujiro. Um, I expect that opener to be pretty good just because of the people involved. Yeah, no, that's, that should be awesome. And the second one, Shelly, Maximo, and Bushi against Taka, Desperado, and Taichi. That can be okay as well. I really like that new tag team of Desperado and Taichi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Maximo a lot, uh, the Exotico from CMLL. I, I, I always enjoy uh, – his act, her act, its act, whatever. I don't, <laughs> listen, uh, maybe Tom Holzerman can get on my case if he ever listens to it. I have no idea how to properly refer to a transsexual. So it's either he, she, it. Well, how, do you, how do you refer to it? She? You don't get trouble, <laughs> Show some guts, Rich. I regret to it. Uh, I would, yeah, what do they like well, to what be? What am I going to say here? She? I don't know what to say. Is it she? Is it he? I guess what they, I guess what they would want to be. Yeah, I guess. Is it an individual choice? Mm-hmm. I, I suppose. I guess, I guess they, it, you would ask them. It maybe it would not be an option, right? It, it is no. I, I believe that it is not the option. Okay, so we're a little to use. I would go with what their what, what their you know, not their birth, but their. Uh, I don't know. We're also dealing with a pro wrestler doing a gimmick. Right. So I I think we're spending too much time. I, but I would say I would call it. I would call him she if that makes. Okay. How about Max, that? But I, I'm pretty sure, and I'm sure someone will correct us. Uh, looking at you, Rob Viper. Isn't Maximo like a married man with children? Isn't he – or is that – I know some of them are legitimately – some of the um, exoticos are legitimately gay and some of them are legitimately transsexuals or cross-dressers or whatnot. But I think he – it's just a gimmick for him, Okay. this particular guy. I think. I could easily be confusing him with Cassandra or one of them other ones. I'm almost positive, so. though. Wasn't there something in the Observer about a year ago where uh, he, he, he's he got a wife and kids and he was thinking about getting out of wrestling at one point because of the homophobia among fans and he was getting threatened and things? Uh, yeah, here uh, – so uh, he uh, he wrestles in ex- as an exotico character, a character that appears to be homosexual, but he is married to a res- uh, to wrestler India Sue. Uh, Sue? Okay. India Sue, and together they have a son. I, see, so. I, I remembered it right then. So he's the, he's just a straight dude doing a gimmick. Right. Yeah. Okay, so he's not legitimately a cross-dresser or a transsexual. So I'm going to refer to him as he. Okay, there he you go, because he's not, yeah. Right. I, don't th- I think he would like to be. He is playing a character, right. yeah. Okay, so he's a he. Same thing with, I would assume, Yusuke Santa Maria. I'm going to refer to him as a he because we know that that man is doing a gimmick. Now He's doing a goddamn good job. doing excellent. <laughs> so this Maximo is fantastic too. Um, but some of the others, you know, I don't, I don't know what the hell to say. You know, I'm not here to, you know. Wouldn't be the first person I offend, though. Um, so yeah, those are the those are the three, and of course, then the, the eight man match, which is basically well, no, that's a six man. Yeah, it's an eight man. Yeah, eight man. Yeah, Tiger, Hama, Nagata, Nakanita. Basically, the match. They, I mean, these, they couldn't figure out what to do with those eight guys. <laughs> so they just they have one. The, of the problem with this, a lot of these matches are probably. Gonna, I mean, you mentioned the, the the few at the top that that these matches are going going to be good, but it's so hard to get pumped it's frustrating about these cards again yeah. if you combine the cards you'd have one hell of a card right but it's so i mean the, i have no doubt that that ishiraki romero kozlov the bucks and yujiro is going to be good but i really can't be like man i cannot wait for this card you, you know what i'm match. saying yeah i mean there's a few matches i'm looking forward to but i could probably skip the first two hours and be perfectly content with my life and go back and watch them later i mean that's that I, I I dislike that aspect of of these split shows, and we we knew this was going to come. So I guess it is what it I'll is. I'll tell but you right just... now. I'll tell you right now that every match on this show is going to be good or better, except for the eight man, the Suzuki Yano mess with Sakuraba, 
and the Shelly six man. Mm-hmm. Maximo, Taka, because I don't think that one will get any time. If they get time, it'll be good. But at that portion of the show there, those three matches in a row, that's if you're not a hardcore, that's where you can skip. I think you have to watch the opener because you got to watch the Young Bucks right now. If it's 2014, you have to watch the Young Bucks. But you can skip those other three, I think, and go right to that Kushida Taguchi because that's a title match. And I think you'd be perfectly okay and not miss a thing. That's probably fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okayama, 923. Not on iPay-Per-View as of yet. We don't know what's going to happen there. But I'll tell you, the rate that these shows have been popping up from Japan, you're going to be able to see this one probably the next morning. Uh, Shows are popping up literally hours after they end. It's ridiculous. We can't keep up. Uh, Let's run through this one. Main events, Okada defending the briefcase against Anderson. We talked about that already. Um, Semi-main event, Tanahashi and Naito against Styles and Gallows. Gallows is going to take a pin there. Uh, Real quick, uh, the Okada thing. Did, are are you sort of because I've I've seen some people that are a little upset that they did that or that that thinks it really diminishes the G one and and different things like that. What are your thoughts on nah, that? Uh, defending this? I, I don't have a problem with it. It, it okay. gives the match I, a little bit of a meaning. And um, here's the thing: at some point down the line, next year, year after that, year after that, somebody could lose. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could give a little interesting. Uh, you know, they could they could change they could they could surprise everybody and someone could lose the briefcase. Which yeah, I don't I don't really care either because you still won the G one and you still got that guaranteed title yeah, shot. And it's you know it's it's your you know if you want to put it up in a match or whatever that that's your prerogative or whatever. But yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. So doesn't bother me at all. Uh, third from us, third from the top there is Nakamura and Ishii against Fale and Tonga. We talked about that a little bit. Ah, uh, listen, Nakamura and Ishii are gonna have to do some. <laughs> that's uh. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't know. Um, and that's the night after Nakamura Fale for the title, so who knows. Um, Yujiro versus Yoshihashi for the Never title. Now, you think – what's your thought here? I think Yoshi's taking this one. I really do. I, I just think uh, – I, I, especially to kind of cap off this build. I mean, maybe they're going to wait a little while, but to me, this would be a good time to sort of give him that next little step and really start working on, on building him in a profound way is, is given that title. You think it, they, that's, you that's, think that's they would beat him two nights in a row? See, that's what I mean. I, I don't. I, that, that's why I think almost he has to, because I don't think he's winning the tag title. I'd be shocked if he did that, and that's why I think in this he, he has to win, because yeah. it just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, to me, it would make no sense to have him lose both of these, and I, I can't fathom him winning the tag title. You can't beat him Okada, two nights so. in a row. If you beat him two nights in a row, he might be dead in the water, and it looks like they might mm-hmm. be trying to do something, a little something with him here. Uh, Makabe and Hanma against Shibata and Goto. I love that be match. freaking fantastic. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um. They really have taken Shibata and Goto in a direction I didn't think they were going to take them. I really thought they were going to win the tag titles. And it really looks like that's not going to be happening anytime soon. But, um, you know, I like that team, and that could be a tremendous match. I mean, the finish is, you know, a blind man can tell you what the finish is going to be. But um, it's... it's <laughs> it's Hanma with the pinfall over Shibata, I know, yeah. <laughs> right, but I mean... Story, yeah. You know, that, that should be a hell of a match. Uh, Tenkoji defends the NWA tag team titles against Nagata and Nakanishi. This kind of came out of left field, huh? <laughs> nothing? You got nothing? It's uh, Yeah, I don't... It's very weird, yeah. Um... I'm just yeah, shocked. What, what, did, what did Nagata and uh, Nakanishi? Yeah, do how did they like, earn those title shots? I, I, did they, I just, did I, Nagata and Nakanishi like run through the? What season? is the last thing Nakanishi has done that's even been? I, I mean, I, did Nagata? Did they team on the Blue Justice show? I mean, this was booked before the Blue Justice show. Yeah, this is way. I mean, this. So that I'm, I'm gonna look up the, the Nakanishi. Uh, 
I'm going to see his recent wins. See, the one that I want to know if Nagata and Nakanishi have a tag win at some point to justify okay. this NWA tag team title shot, or if this is UFC booking. Um, uh, they, beat Ten, uh, they beat Tenkoji on the Blue Justice, yeah. So that, okay, but here's the thing. This was booked before that. Yeah, so, um, so they booked let's, this beforehand. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back to okay. Let's see. The last tag victory they have is. But that, <laughs> I'm in April. I'm in April, mind you. So but they're using the Blue Justice win to justify yes, this. To justify right, it, right. Yeah. Even though we know it was booked before. Uh, I so. don't believe they have a prior tag win. See, that Blue Justice show is one of those shows that I haven't gotten to yet because I have a million right. things to watch. And that has a that has a Komatsu versus Tanaka match. Yeah, I'm back to and muscle. And if you spoil the finish, don't you dare spoil the result of that Komatsu Tanaka match because I'll. I have not seen it yet, so. Well, yeah, but you're looking at those Blue Justice results. I don't. No, no, I'm, I'm looking at I'm just looking at Nakanishi's okay. match history. So. so they beat Tenkoji in a non-title affair. Yes. In the that so was the main event, the correct? Um, it had to be. There's a blue, okay. it's I'm gonna Nakata click it. And it's the Blue Justice. I won't say anything though. Okay. okay. So yeah, it had to be the main event. Oh, so, I see it, but I'm not going to say anything. Um, yeah, it was the main event. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So that's how they set that. Up. I got spoilers for you, Joe. All right. I will. Uh, I'll give. I'm not doing. I'll it. give New Japan a, a slight break there. At least they've they've, <laughs> they've earned this title shot that they were already booked for before they earned it. <laughs> so at least there's some justification. <laughs> they haven't won prior though. It's okay. Whatever. Whatever. They beat the champs. So okay, yeah. obviously, uh, yeah, I think that Bruce Tharp can rest easy. They've earned this title shot. Who would Bruce Tharp be rooting for in this match? Because he hates all the Japanese. I was going to say, yeah, nobody. Uh, it doesn't matter to him. I think he maybe should... Nagata. Oh, that's a great gimmick for Nagata and uh, Nakanishi to come out. And they're like, they're wearing like New York Mets jerseys. And oh, <laughs> they're just like super American. Like, yeah, do an American yeah. gimmick. Like the, when the Rougeaux uh, turned heel. And... Right, yeah, they they, they they're now hailing from you know Key West, Florida, or something yeah, like that. You know, they make them Texans or something. Right, yeah, oh, yeah put cowboy hats on Nakanishi. I like it. Yes, that's actually that's booking advice, Gato and Jado, if you're listening. And Tharp so. can come out with them mm-hmm. because Tharp hates Tenkoji. I just want Tharp. That's I just need Tharp regardless. It's true, because Tharp really hates Tenkoji. We all know that. So I think Bruce Tharp is rooting for Nagata and Nakanishi because you know his teams haven't been able to beat Tenzan and Kojima. You know, your, your, your Conways and your Briscoes and your killer elite squad, your American teams have not been able to get the job done. So uh, maybe they can beat Nagata and Nakanishi. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, there's there. Let me tell you, we may not be able to break down CMLL, but we will break, but we just broke down. We will break down the <laughs> shit out of an NWA tag team title match. Um, <laughs> Sakuraba, Yano, and Gato against Suzuki, Azuka, and Mishinoku. Again, I really – it's enough is enough. I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. Um, Shelly and Kushida. So Kushida with two big title defenses on these shows. Uh, they defend the junior titles against Desperado and Taichi. I think Desperado and Taichi have a legitimate chance here. I do too. I do too. You got the double champion on the one side, and this Desperado Taichi team has been pretty impressive. I like this new Taichi gimmick of uh, of uh, with the with the uh, with the microphone stand. And uh, and lip syncing on his way to the ring, I'm very entertained by that, and uh, I, I enjoy this team. I uh, and, and Shelley's made it known as well that he's taking a lot more bookings in America, so I, it totally uh, makes sense. Ah, uh, uh, look at you digging a little deeper yeah. too. All right, 
Yes. Yeah, said a few months ago. I don't know if that was his choice or Japan's choice, but yeah, I, I, I could see this definitely being a time when. Well, you know, Desperado was a guy who was kind of just floating around these multi-man matches after he lost his IWGP Junior title shot. So I think it's kind of cool that they've kind of mixed things up, and 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 Taichi will be teaming with him now instead of Taka because it kind of mm-hmm. gives Desperado something to do. And uh, and this team has an interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, the Taichi Taka team had been together for a long time, and you know, where else were you really going with that? So, sure, this is a whole new interesting dynamic. We've got uh, a number one contenders match: Romero and Kozlov against the Bucks. Hey, that's a sneaky match. Oh yeah, that's gonna be good. That could be pretty good. I mean, Romero and Kozlov get a little thick with the shtick sometimes, but uh, listen again. You know, when it comes to the Young Bucks, you can't take your eyes off them right now. They're a red-hot team. They're doing a nice job. And we'll know who the number one contenders are before uh, the tag team title match, which takes place right after. And then, of course, the opener is one of those wacky multi-man matches. Liger, Tiger Mask, and Maximov against Captain New Japan, Bushi, and Taguchi. Um, Here's the thing. I think this show has less filler than the Kobe show, but Mm -hmm. it's not as top-heavy, though. Agreed, yeah. Is that a fair assessment? No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. There, there's there's as again, there's bits and pieces of each show that I'd like. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm into the main events of the Kobe one, but I'm into the undercard of, of Okayama. So it would be really nice if they were together the same show. You got but, the junior you know. tag stuff on this Okayama show, which is interesting. Right, yeah. You know, you got two big matches there. You got the Yoshihashi Ujiro match, which is going to be very interesting. I don't really care about those two tag matches, the semi main and the third from the top, the Tanahashi and Nakamura tags. Uh, against the Bullet Club teams. I'm really not interested in those. Those are nights off for those guys. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they might be good. I, I just, I don't, I'm not interested in those matches at all. That screams uh, uh, one of those Tanahashi ones where he tags in, does a few things, tags out, and kind of calls it Absolutely, day, but... especially after facing Shibata the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, is Shibata even on this show? Oh, yeah, he's teaming with Goto against Makabe and Hanma. <laughs> um, you know, so, and, and Okada and Anderson, and look, look, Okada's yeah. not losing, so that's the problem there. But those guys have great chemistry. No, they they're great. I mean, that that's people are are. I, I don't think you're appreciating how good those two have always been when they when they fight each other. If you're if you're if you're not into that match, you're sort of kind of down on that as a main event. I mean, go back and watch their previous match. I mean, I, I voted it as you know a top ten match of the year contender. Um, I believe two years ago. They have tremendous right? Wouldn't that been? Yeah. That was two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, two years ago. Yeah, and that's just just they, they do real. I mean, they do great work together. So yeah. I I. Am, we always talk about when guys have good chemistry against each other. Uh, you know, like Jay Lethal and ACH. Yeah. Match that never happened at ROH because, <laughs> yeah. because you know the, the flight issues or whatever. But those are, you know, again, two guys have great chemistry. John mm-hmm. John Cena and CM Punk. Absolutely. I mean, you know, those guys were just magic when they were in the ring together. Flair and Steamboat. So, uh, you know, I'd give you a million examples. Those are just two guys that have uh, great chemistry together. So, um, deeper card in Okiyama, but uh, the top heavier cards in Kobe. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking forward to both of them. Uh, we haven't figured out the review schedule. We have a new New Japan. We have a new. Japan. We do. Dan Brooks. Yes. Say new Japan. We have a new Japan, Japan reviewer. Period. You want to tell people about that? Yeah, Dan Brooks, uh, who uh, does the. He's, he's under actually. He's under his pen name is the Fujiwara Armbar. So if you see that, that's who that is. No, really good stuff. I mean, he. Um, just it, we're gonna have him sort of fill in the blanks on a lot of stuff. He watches a bunch of Noah. He watches Big Japan. He watches all this little stuff. Then we're gonna have him come and sort of fill in the blanks and do those. And and obviously because we get those sort of whenever they're uploaded or, or you know when 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 sources can kind of find those and and do some of those. So we're not gonna have them up you know the day after this Noah show. So you might get stuff that's that's two weeks old or whatever. But he does a great job. He's a profes- uh, professional writer. So he just does a great job of, of of sort of covering these, talking about the stories. And I think it's just a great aspect to sort of expand our, our, our Japan. Card. 
coverage beyond, you know, we do Dragon Gate, we do New Japan, but we don't give enough attention, I think, to those sort of, in, in some cases, maybe rightfully so, to those sort of secondary, well, the fact third, of the matter is, blurry, you know, yeah, I mean. It, here's the thing. We, we try to cover everything that's live on an iPay-per-view, which is predominantly why we've done a lot of New Japan and Dragon Gate reviews. These other promotions, like you said, you never know when. It's coming two weeks later. Right? Yeah. You know, lately they've been coming up quickly. But the bottom line is he'll be reviewing a lot of those shows that um, – uh, Basically, on our site, we're only getting coverage if I did like a 10, 10 random matches sort sure. of thing or, you know, we would occasionally talk about um, some of these promotions on the podcast. But, it, you know, now they'll get, you know, if there's a big Noah show, when there's a big All Japan show, if there's a big Zero One show, if there's a big Big Japan show or DDT show, he's going to be there to review them. And we've been looking for someone to do that. I, you know, it's, it's, I haven't had the time to do that. Um, you know, you, you, you know, you're not in a position to do that. So now we have somebody who can review some of these shows from some of these other Japanese promotions aside from the big two, which is good. And he can also help fill in the blanks with new Japan as well. Cause the point I was getting to was we don't know whether it's going to be me or Brian Rose or, or now uh, Fujiwara armbar, but we, we will be reviewing both of these shows obviously for the site. So. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll have them definitely covered. Uh, before we move on to WWE and our uh, listener questions, uh, real quick, uh, there's two notes in the Observer this uh, this week about New Japan that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, Kota Bushi said he is not going to be looking for a rematch with Kushida for the junior title and will compete from this point forward as a heavyweight, which we sort of assumed was going to kind of happen, which is cool, though. I, I like that. Yeah, we knew that was that, coming. Um, we didn't yeah. know when it was coming, but we knew it was coming. And it was pretty obvious that they were... Uh, setting him up to uh, be a big heavyweight, and when he finally gets one of them big, big heavyweight wins, it's going to be a big deal. So, another one that was fun too, which is very interesting, and I, I had no idea, and I don't know if what, what the exact source on this or whatever, but uh, here's here's a quote from Dave: uh, For those who watch the shows and notice that Naito or Taito Naito is getting booed a lot in Osaka, it's because in 2002 he cut a promo in the ring saying that the next time you see me, I'll be IWGP champion, and if you don't, you should boo me. Well, he didn't, so he gets booed in Osaka. So that's why they're very vocal in Osaka. Because we always wonder why Osaka, uh, of all, just despises him. And we've had different theories that, you know, Osaka's like a Chicago or New York, they're like a smarter crowd, that sort of stuff. I, I don't know if this I, – I, I'm not sure I'd like to see somebody else sort of say it, but I have no reason to believe that Dave uh, is lying about that. So it's interesting because they are definitely vocal in their, um, their booing of, uh, of Naito. So – Maybe it's more of an encouragement boo than a we hate you boo. So Yeah, I think they're just playing along with him. So it definitely gives a different dynamic to that. We thought they just hated his guts. So it kind of helps when you get these, these translations. <laughs> so Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the WWE realm here. We have Night of Do Champions have coming to? up on Sunday. We – briefly. I have no <laughs> – we, I mean, we didn't talk about him at all last week because I just I, – I, I'm Why don't we just review next to uh, TakeOver 2 instead? <laughs> Seriously, I'm fine with that too. The, I, I'll, I'll run down this Night of Champions card real quick. I have zero strong thoughts outside of Lesnar, Cena, and even then I don't have a ton of strong thoughts. Uh, Night of Champions, Cena versus Lesnar for the WWE title. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Orton versus Jericho. This will be Jericho's final match for a while from the promotion for another great little part-time please, please gig. Please go away for good now. I, I'm so sick of Chris Jericho. I asked I asked anybody to give me an idea of why he was brought back. And, and, and obviously this time it was, well, I wanted to work with the Wyatt so I could, you know, you know elevate yeah, him. Does anybody really think that Chris Jericho elevates anybody in 2014? Tonight I got Bray Wyatt putting Big Show in a reverse chin lock for 15 minutes on mm-hmm. so that, that, enough that, enough of the Jericho thing. No yeah. more Jericho. Go away and stay away. Yeah, I I agree, and that's this is a uh, guy I've liked historically. Yeah, I, I was gonna say this is a guy I'm, I'm one of the a uh, huge huge fan of, and I, I I cannot wait to never see him again because <laughs> these runs have just been 
increasingly awful. Um, uh, Sheamus versus Cesaro for the U.S. title. That should be a nice little slugfest. Uh, Ziggler versus Miz for the IC title. I know you're going to have uh, definitely be focused on that one. Uh, the Usos versus Goldust and Stardust. Don't get me started on that one. Don't try to contain your excitement for that one. Uh, Mark Henry versus Rusev. Okay. I have some thoughts, but we'll, we'll wait till you run down the rest. Of uh, Paige versus AJ versus Nikki Bella. I want you breaking down that one. Okay, I don't give a single shit about that women's match, but but they're um, playing mind games. I, they're kind of being lesbians, but that we can't say I, that, so we're saying mind games, I, Joe. I just, I, that that whole thing. I just Acting weird, mind games. Give a single shit. I'm gonna go through and tell you the things that have caught okay. my attention here. Henry versus Rusev. Um, this is gonna sound like I'm picking on Mark Henry, but I'm not. I think Mark Henry is totally the wrong kind of opponent for Rusev right now. If you look at Rusev, his best matches have been against guys who are willing to have short, intense Haas sprints with him. Yeah, your Biggie is, your, is your the Biggies, clearest example. Your yeah. Jack Swaggers, they've all had these short, sprinty slugfests with him that felt like wars. That is certainly not Mark Henry's style. Mark Henry wants to have a slow, plodding um, – yeah, sort of match where there's some long-term selling. That's not what that exposes Rusev. We saw that in his match with Roman Reigns. It doesn't help that Roman Reigns is completely lost in the ring at this point and needs to be carried. And so does Rusev to be fair. So you put two guys like that in there on SmackDown and it was an absolute train wreck, but this is the wrong kind of match for Rusev. So I'm a little, as a guy who is enjoying the Rusev rise and is enjoying the Rusev push, I'm a little worried about this match. Yeah, I don't this is going to be a lot of headlocks and a lot of stalling yeah. and a lot of power moves and tests of strength and that sort of that's stuff. That's not and what yeah, Rusev that's... is good at. Right. That's not where he excels. His best stuff has been short sprints uh, where they beat the living shit out of each other. This I don't, I don't know about this. Now, from a booking perspective of will this be a good win for Rusev? Absolutely. It'll be a, it'll be a good win from like a kayfabe perspective, but I just don't think the match quality – uh, from a match quality perspective, this is the right kind of opponent for Rusev. I almost rather would have seen him against Big Show um, than Henry. But is Big Show – Big Show's not even on this card, is it? Big Show's not on the card, no. And Wyatt is not on the card, is it? No. Nope. Maybe they set that up tonight. I've got Ron with no sound in the back. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen well, it Big Show yet. Faced, yet but... Big Show faced Wyatt, but I had the sound off. Mm-hmm. All I know is I was staring at a reverse chin lock and I was flipping yeah, that's over, all I I was flipping well. yeah, over yeah. to the Reds game. I, I assume you would have seen a, a graphic at some point, but I didn't see anything. I didn't so. see anything either, but it's interesting that they're not on the card and they wrestled each other tonight. Bray Wyatt not being on the pay-per-view speaks volumes. That's telling. Yeah. And three, four, five. We've already got eight matches. Mm-hmm. So, not a lot of space. This is horrible radio because by the time anyone listens to this, they'll know if they're in a match or not. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I think – Henry's a bad opponent for Rusev. Uh, Usos versus Goldust and Stardust. Um, I don't know. The Stardust thing just doesn't work for me. I I don't know. I just I think it's corny. Yeah, I do too. I think I, I thought it was goofy from the bit. A lot of people were into it from the beginning. I never quite got why anybody was into it, but yeah, it's 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 it's, it's showing what I sort of assumed it would. It's just kind of it's doing no favors for anybody. I, it, it's, I can see why people think it's fun. It's just not for me. Um, so therefore, I have no interest in that. Plus, uh, I don't know. I just. I like the Usos. I'm just tired of the same Uso match over. Yeah. They have the same match over. Yeah, I was just watching the one with the sound off that you're talking about, and it was it was fine, but it was. It... It's an Uso match. Yeah. I you know it's you you can call the spots before they do them. I mean, I'm just sick and tired of them doing the same match. I mean, do something different. 
I mean, I know this is a company where once you got your thing, that's your that's thing. Right? And you, yeah. Once you have your your three or four moves that and you do them in that. I mean, that's especially for baby faces in this company. But I mean. I don't know. I just this is ah, whatever. I I, I don't want to make this. Let's trash WWE night. Yeah, so right. um, Ziggler Miz, I have no interest in. Sheamus Cesaro. That's gonna be a good match though. I think that's gonna be good. All right. Well, you're looking I, forward I, to that one. I I am not. I gotta be honest. Yeah. Okay. I I think it's been built up fairly well. I I think it's gonna be a decent one, but we'll see. Uh, Sheamus Cesaro is something I I I definitely am looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I'm, talked about or Orton Jericho. I have no I, appeal that, for me. That is I, very high on my list of matches I don't want to see yeah, ever. Um. What's the build of that match? Uh, probably something tonight. I I don't know. No, I, I like Orton attacked him last week and like hurt his knee. Oh, is that, that what was... it was? Yeah, and they, they yeah, I think so. And then I'm sure they'll do something tonight. The hell is the one? No, they already did their thing. I think Jericho had a match. Did he? I didn't notice. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, it, the, it, slipping back and forth to baseball. I don't. Yeah, you're, you're not missing it. Don't worry. I'm gonna watch it later, but I mean, I just it's just background for now. Sound mm-hmm. down. So, um, and then Lesnar Cena. I mean, obviously. You forgot about Reigns and Rollins. Yeah, Reigns sir. and Rollins. Yeah, I mean, but. I mean, Reigns has to win, right? Mm-hmm. He can't. I mean, I, maybe he doesn't have to win. He'll win. Some shenanigans. That's not ending. That that match is not ending with anybody losing. Oh, okay. I think there's there's a shenanigan. There's corporate Kane is in there messing around or something. That that's not ending. I don't think. Here's the thing, though. As you I mean, maybe Ambrose comes back or something. I mean, he's about. That's ready true. To you you make an excellent yeah. point. Now, as you yeah. as you were breaking that down, all I could think to myself was, I don't care, and that right. really isn't how I should feel. That's not good about the Reigns Rollins match or this card in general. But I have such malaise towards this card, I just don't care because, you know, aside from Paul Heyman, uh, Rosman has not been good no. in between these two pay per views, and um, you know, this is always this is the time of year where they kind of have a lull. Oh yeah. So this isn't nothing new. Noted. Yeah. I mean, it was last. Year. It, it was same thing last year. It was yeah. Awful. I mean, you know, things will heat up. This is the battleground of, of last year, yeah. if you remember. Battleground. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't really. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I I'd rather talk about takeover. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah, that's it. Uh, Lesnar Cena. I I. I don't know. I, I, I guess it'll be okay, but I, I, I hate that the rematch is this early. This, I don't think do this anyway. Like, this feels like one of our 2012 shows where we completely blow off WWE with like eight minutes of talk. Yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing to say. I mean, what do you, what do you say? I I, 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 I know. I got I nothing. Not I, I don't know what to say. I'm more into TakeOver, honestly. And that's I, I mentioned that on Twitter a few weeks ago is that they've done sort of the worst thing. It's I, I don't have – I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. It's just sort of, hmm, okay. Which is I, I, not a healthy. It's it's just not. It's just been boring. It hasn't even been to me outwardly bad. It's just been there's been nothing to it. It's just two weeks ago. There. Two weeks ago, impact. Two weeks ago was bad. Yeah, two, never mind. Two weeks ago, impact was better than Raw. Right. And I mean that impact was was I last week's impact was pretty good too. Right? I will flat out say that impact was good that week. Mm-hmm. That and Raw was awful. Impact was significantly better than Raw two weeks ago. Impact hasn't been awful the last few weeks. No, we're getting that uh, that WCW like early 2000 where it got kind of good for a while because they, they just, died. Yeah, all the old guys had left and said fuck it, and then they didn't really care anymore, and they just let the young guys sort of go out there and work because they were the only guys that wanted to stay. Well, here's the thing: TNA does this to you at least once a year too. Usually, right, that's true. They're... Usually around Destination X, but this year mm-hmm. it's happening in September. 
uh, where it's it's not bad and they give you false hope that they're going to turn things around and then they do something really stupid and go back to being TNA. But the last few weeks have not been bad. And I don't think they have anybody to be stupid in. You know what I mean? There's nobody else on the roster. Who's the stupid guy on the roster? I mean, because the MVP thing, I mean, they're, they're obviously they're, they're on top. The MVP, Bobby Lashley, that is awesome. Bobby Lashley is doing a tremendous job. Bobby Lashley, I mean, it's it's what's funny is it's the thing that everybody, I, you remembered at the time too, I'm sure you were in the same boat. Everybody said, this guy needs to come on. And, and the writers always talk about that when they, these ex-WWE writers are on podcasts or whatever, is that they told Vince, no, he's not ready hold off, he can't talk, we need to have him be with the manager, and Vince loved him. I mean, Vince fell in love with him, big muscular dude, he has to go out there, he has to talk, he has to do this, and it killed him. I mean, this is the role Bobby Lashley should have always been in, is he sits there, he folds his arms, somebody says go when they're done talking for him, and he goes out there and he destroys people. And MVP, who better, I mean, he's a great talker. Exactly, I mean, that, that's, that's exactly how it should have been for Lashley, and that's, it's a great role for MVP, too. You, you really realize that he might have lost his calling of... of you know, a good worker though. I mean, not not. I'm not gonna lie. Really, really, I, I, a decent worker, but I think a much better, just sort of dickish manager guy. He could have done both. I think a little bit more. He's an interesting guy because he he did his best work in in WWE with the handcuffs. Because then when he got to New Japan, where you had a little more leeway, he was bad. Mm-hmm. Right. He wasn't any good in New Japan. He was better within the constraints that you're working under in WWE, which is interesting because usually guys do a little bit better when they have more creative freedom. Um, but he's a guy who was the opposite and he's a tremendous talker and he's perfect for Lashley and Kenny King is perfect as the annoying little prick, you know, to supplement the act. Uh, you know, he's the bump taker when they get into brawls and whatnot. Right. And, uh, and he's good at that. He's perfect. Yeah. He's a, he's a cocky little shit. Smiling, yeah. annoying, weird little shit. That like a Floyd Mayweather type, uh, annoying, right, yeah. annoying fucking prick. And, uh, you know, that, that whole act has worked out. And, um, yeah, that's great. I think, one guy that over the years I have completely turned the corner on. Well, one is Truth Martini. I used to not be able to stand. Yeah, I'm into Truth. Yeah, I like I've Truth. I turned the corner on Truth Martini. The other he's changed his character a lot. It's not the same. He's different than he was. I, I think that's not just you changing. I enjoy I think him now. Sort of I flat out enjoy yeah. him when he used to have go away heat. For there's a darker undertone to the House of Truth now that wasn't quite there. He was just sort of like a smiling weird. When he first came, remember that tag team he managed in 2009 when he first came to Ring of Honor? What was that tag mm-hmm. team? It oh, was Christian. Cool. They were awful. They were very indie-rific. They had an awful look. Um, I wonder where they are now. They were called. Uh, yeah, what was, it was the house? They were called the House of Truth, I believe. They it were was, the original House of Truth, right? Yeah, and they, uh, they had awful cool. gear, and they were just bad. It was the HD Net era. And, yeah, uh, let me let me find out who and, those were and, exactly. And then he moved on, and he managed Roderick Strong during Roderick Strong's title run, and and I just oh, it was Josh Raymond and Christian Abel. Yes, Raymond and oh. Josh Raymond and Abel and Christian Abel, and uh, that whole act had such goal heat yeah. for me. I just okay. couldn't stand any of them, but now I don't mind him. But the other guy who I've really turned the corner on in recent years is Eric Young. Eric Young was a guy I couldn't stand either. Eric Young is a tremendous pro wrestler. And he's another guy who understands his role and 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 fills that role to perfection. I mean, he was in a tag match. It was Rude and Eric Young against uh, I wanna say it was Lashley and MVP. Was that the match? Um, I can't remember. The last week on Impact, I believe. And uh, you know, Eric Young sold the whole way because of course they're setting up Bobby Rude for a title. Yeah, right. And uh, Young has been tremendous again, he was put in a horrible position when they put the title on him. Through no fault of his own, that didn't work. The whole copying Daniel Bryan thing. 
and he's done a good job. I he's a guy I used to skip, and now he's a guy where I hit play on the DVR and stop fast forwarding to watch his stuff. So there's a lot going on in TNA. Uh, the, listen, the whole tag team thing with the Hardys, 3D, and the Wolves. Look, I know it was taped. It feels like months ago now, and have one guy's got a broken leg, another guy's not with the company anymore. But you know that whole thing has come off very well, and they've had some good television main events with that whole three-way feud. Um, I don't like what they're doing with Sonata at all, even though presumably it's going to build to a great Muda match. No, it's just so it's lowbrow. It's generic yeah. lowbrow. I mean, and and I'll Japanese wrestler. And I'll yeah, yeah. never be into James Storm or and anything James Storm or Bobby Roode do. I will never be into. I just those two guys. I've never liked them, and I never will. I think they're generic and boring. Uh, and and Gunner is quickly joining them. Uh, but yeah, look, the, the impact shows have not been awful, you know, and, and uh, they've actually been pretty good the last two or three weeks. So I know you've been dying for the updates on uh, Christian Abel and Josh Raymond. Uh, Josh Raymond retired, or at least his last match was in 2012, and Christian Abel's last match was in 2013. So they're both in AEW, Chicago. That's what they've last been seen anyway. Yes, yeah. Right, so. so presumably they are. Uh, well, you done. go to those shows, so you'd know if yeah. they were there. I have not seen them. So not. it's before I started going to the shows, and I've been going now for about a year. So if they're active year and, and half, they're, so. they're on very low-level shows, then they aren't yes, even registering yes. on Cage Match or anywhere else. So. No. Well, they weren't very good in ring. No, so it's that's that's okay. Uh, let's talk a little NXT Takeover Fatal Four Way, and then we'll get into listener questions here. Um, before we get into uh, match by match, I'll break down match by match. Um, we had the Lucha Dragons, Kalisto and Sincar defeated the Ascension, Connor and Victor. Uh, we kind of saw that going; uh, that was going to happen. Uh, decent match, though. Um, you've watched the entire card. Oh, you reviewed it, right? I reviewed you're, it. I was part of the yeah. Wu Tang review. You're part of the five. I, I, I lose track of how many people reviewed of it. Of course you do, because you you assigned like 19 people to review the yeah, show. Right. So, so how just, can you keep track of who was there? I, but um, yeah, it's the first WWE card that you've had me uh, join the Wu Tang review for a while, <laughs> and um, I, I th- that particular match was all about the Callisto hot tag. Yeah. And um, which well, he's great. Well, they, I mean, that's because like that's the thing. He works so fast. And I think the perfect role for him is the hot tag role because yeah, he comes in and and him working fast isn't a detriment. Whereas in a singles match uh, in WWE, you really aren't supposed to work that fast. You know, you're working mm-hmm. your big building matches. You're supposed to be slow and deliberate because you're working for the guy in the 15th row in the upper deck. But when you're you know, he's per- but he's he's the perfect guy. For the hot tag, which kind of marginalizes Sin Cara, who's been having excellent matches with Justin Gabriel on Superstars. If you read my latest Superstars review, you get a nice review of the last two uh, Justin Gabriel uh, uh, Sin Cara matches. So Sin Cara uh, can still go, but he's kind of like, d- d- listen, this tag team is designed to get Callisto over. Make no mistake. Right. So, yeah. and the Ascension, look. They, I also did you. I don't know if you watched their main event match against uh, Primo did, and Epico, yes. but uh, as many have suspected, they're not going to. They lose yeah. a lot of luster in a long give and take match. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. It's, I mean, this one especially, you could tell it was like, all right, we have seven minutes, and it was like headlock. Okay, I, I don't then know. Then tag headlock. It, like that. It's it's not. Yeah, they, it's they, what we assumed was going to happen. What you're trying to say is. The control period on Sankara was dreadfully boring. It was. Oh yeah. The, 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 I mean, this match was the hot tag. It was the hot tag, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think they're going to struggle like most do on the main roster. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe they'll get over his monsters, but I, I you know, we'll see. Yeah. They haven't been on Raw tonight yet. I don't think. No, they have not. Uh, no. Maybe after the pay per view. Didn't a little birdie uh, tell had... us that? Didn't they say after the pay per view? 
Yes, yeah. After the pay-per-view, a lot of uh, people could possibly be on Raw a lot more often. So right. we'll see, especially them. They are particularly on the high list. They lost. There's no reason to keep them there anymore. So. No, absolutely not. Uh, former uh, Voices of Wrestling guest Baron. Oh, sorry. Baron Corbin. Yeah, no, no, oh, no. Not Darren. Not Darren. Oh, oh okay. I thought he looked different. Baron Corbin defeated CJ Parker. Does he look like uh, Brian Alvarez, seconds. too? Is... <laughs> Baron Corbin? Like, so that's a... Darren Corbin looks like Brian Alvarez. Okay, but, yeah, well. I mean, minus the hair and, the, you know. Everybody. It just everyone looks like Brian Alvarez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Baron Corbin. This was an impressive debut. I think everybody's happy when CJ Parker gets squashed. I don't think anyone will argue with that. And uh, look, they have to introduce some new people because they're figured to be some call-ups. So yeah. that was this was fine for what it was. I don't mind a the, the squash matches. A lot no, of people I, I complain don't about it. I don't. I don't. It doesn't bother me on these shows because you want to get these people over. You look. You watch some of those old Clash of Champions. You had your share squash matches yeah. mixed in there too, and that's what mm-hmm. these shows are compared S- to. Sometimes Sid would just come out there and beat the hell out of some random dude, and it was yeah. Over. Whether it was Joey Mags or you know yeah. the, these jobber to the stars types, you know what I mean? Which is, you know, what your your uh, your Mojo Rawleys are now, and Mojo Rawley sort of did the same kind of deal. And that, that was the next match, right? Against uh... no, you missed uh, you missed the the important hair versus oh, hair. Angel Moray versus Sylvester Lafort. Yes, we didn't get a payoff. We didn't, and I'm very disappointed about that. I got a text message from Voices of Wrestling live show correspondent Rob Stryker, who said I'm very disappointed we didn't get it, but he was upset too. Yeah, Mark. I mean, Marcus Luis lost his hair, but no, 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 no that doesn't. You count. wanted Sylvester Lafort, yeah. I wanted... want to see Sylvester Lafort get his head shit. That's that's what, what you bought. Yeah, you bought it. You you, you your nine ninety nine went towards they that. They didn't yeah. deliver on the step. I'm not happy about it, but uh, that match was terrible. And yeah, I, I love Enzo and I love the character, but he is um, not good. He's not that much all. of a rattle. He needs to be the manager for Colin Cassidy. I'd made the point on Twitter that you can really, you know, if 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 they didn't, if they didn't ha- sort of have a change. <laughs> the point that nobody got at all. And no, but... it went over everybody's head. Um, they sort of had a change. If they didn't have this change of policy and didn't start farming the high level indies, and I'll specify high level. Because uh, that's where people got confused. Um, because if you ever have wrestled on an independent show, you have come from the right, indies. Which apparently. was obviously not what I meant. But <laughs> John Cena, indie wrestling extraordinary. Right, but you 140 know, characters, people got confused. Right. What I right. said on Twitter was during that, that match was bad. And I said, well, look, this is what NXT would be if they didn't farm the, the indies like they did right. and bring in all these guys. Well-established and they don't need to give training wheels to. Exactly. And everyone had to point out that, you know, Sylvester Lafort had, you know, four independent matches in Canada and, uh, you know, uh, Enzo Amore wrestled on, you know, little shit dick shows in Long Island, New York somewhere. Look, those guys were not ever in what you would call a high level. They weren't high level indie wrestlers. I, I don't count that. That's not indie. I mean, really, if you think about those it, those guys are essentially WWE trained wrestlers. That's right. my point. Um, yes, Sylvester Lafort came out of the Storm Wrestling Academy. I but you got to have. I mean, when, when you when you discuss like what, what what I would consider a quote independent guy is a guy that's worked there three, four. I mean, he bounced around. He's went to different companies, did this. You know, maybe he was in the high level stuff. Even if he's not in the high level stuff, yeah, not, at least being in other indies for three years a, or two years. Well, or something like not five matches. A well traveled, right? World traveled independent wrestler who preferably who in a lot of cases. That's what they do for a living. That's what I mean. Those are the kind of guys they went out and got mm-hmm. when they went out and got your Sami Zayn's and your Adrian Neville's and and people like that, um, and your and your Kevin Steens. 
and your uh, Sammy Callahans. Those are your high-level independent wrestlers who came from high-level independent uh, wrestling. Your Sylvester LaForts, sure, he trained with Lance Storm and had a couple matches here or there, and your Enzos and your, uh, you know, your 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 CJ Park. Well, CJ Parker was a uh, he actually has a decent. He did AEW, yeah, he did. Yeah, a he's, fair he's been amount, a but... Midwest guy, but you know, some of these people who uh, who come through NXT, they're essentially WWE trained. They're not they're not well traveled. They didn't cut their teeth on the independent circuit and learn their craft on the independent circuit. Sylvester Lafort did not learn his craft on the independent circuit. He learned his craft in that performance center. And that's what I meant when I said that. And really, that's what NXT would look like. And it's scary if they didn't go out and get these high-level indie performers. That's why I always say I think the performance center is a little bit overrated. When people talk about how great it is and how they're churning out all this great talent, are they? Are they really? Let's break it down. The best people who are in NXT now came – we knew they were good before they got there. Right. And the best people who have come out of NXT, not all, but most of the best people who have come out of NXT, we knew they were good before they got there. Right. So they've had some – You have a, you know, you have a Tyler Breeze who – even then, I don't think he's all that good. Well, he's but... another guy who came from Lance Storm, and yeah. he's doing a nice job, and he's certainly held his own in that four-way. But I don't know if I'd consider he's him not at the, their the... level. Yeah, I don't think I would call him the, the banner, you know, you know, here's I, what we can do for you. Yeah, you look at the th- here, here's a click. Here, uh, let me run down the male roster here. Um, uh, Adrian Neville, obviously, your boy, Angelo Dawkins, Buddy Murphy, Bull Dempsey, Cal Bishop, CJ Parker, Colin Cassidy, Corey Graves, Dash Wilder, Enzo Amore, uh, Hideo Itami, who we'll get to in a moment, Jason Jordan, Kalisto, Kevin Steen, Connor, Marcus Louis, Mojo, Sami Zayn, Sawyer, Fulton, Scott Dawson, Simon Gotch, Sinkar, Lafort, McLean, Ty Dillinger, Tyler Breeze, Victor, and Wesley Blake. Now, let me tell you something. All those best guys. If you went down that, if you ranked all those guys from best to worst, mm-hmm. it would almost be perfect symmetry. The top half would be guys who were good elsewhere. Yep. And the bottom half would be the guys that were recruited from football, wrestling, low-level indies, um, things like that. It, it would almost be perfect symmetry. You'd have a few outliers, of course. I'm not saying that you can't be good if you didn't come from you know high-level indie wrestling. That's not the case at all. You have 